The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. now recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and abe is unfortunately not here he might pop up later though he's he's curious but we'll see what happens out now is a film podcast where abe and i discuss movies weekly however every now and then later there's special bonus episodes whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different and this is our final commentary track for the year of 2021 it is december and in honor of the upcoming the matrix resurrections we are talking that's right. The second film in the Matrix series. The, the Matrix, good one. The Matrix Reloaded. We've talked about the Matrix Revolutions first. Then years later, we talked about the Matrix. And now we're finally talking about the second and, yes, some would consider best Matrix entry, <laughs> Matrix Reloaded from 2003. And joining me to discuss such things we have. Here we go. From Wise to Blue and hosted the Brandon Peters show. He loves French wine. Like he loves the French language. He has sampled every language. French is his favorite. Fantastic language, especially when to curse with. It's like wiping his ass with silk. It's Brandon Peters. Watch as Scott swallows that drink. Where it goes, what I make it do to him as we commentary. Also joining us from Why So Blue. His life is the sum of a remainder of an unbalanced equation inherent to the programming of the Matrix. He is eventually... He's the eventuality of an anomaly, which, despite my sincerest efforts, I have been unable to eliminate from what is otherwise a har- harmony of mathematical precision. It's Peter Paris. And you don't want to see me get out of this chair. Uh, hey, everybody. And lastly, from Forbes, he's here for the same reason I am. He loves candy. It's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Always a pleasure. I'm predicting that what whatever will happen will happen because it couldn't have happened any other way. Exactly. <laughs> you think you made a choice to listen to this commentary, but it was already decided. <laughs> now you just have to understand why. This is actually the sixth iteration of this commentary track. <laughs> All right. So we're we're talking the Matrix Reloaded. How are you guys doing this evening? I'm doing well. Very well. I'm doing good. I'm excited. I um I got myself an early Christmas present. I I got a new TV, so this is my first uh 4K disc I'm gonna watch. So I'm very excited Ooh. to uh, put this on tonight. Cool. All right. Well, we are at whoa. We're all ready to go here. We're going to talk about The Matrix Reloaded. For those of you who are listening and plan to follow along with us, we've currently had the film paused at 13 seconds in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to count down from three, and on the sound of go, we're all going to press play. And if you plan to listen to this, just you know, sync yourself up and press play. Jack and into play. the commentary. Exactly. And you'll be able to follow along with the movie and listen to us at the same time. If you're just listening to listen, you are good to go. You've already jacked into The Matrix, and you're just, you're just getting that code for free. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, I think, all the things we need to cover here. So, let's get this thing going. Three, two, one, go. All right. Does the first one do the logo thing? Like, that intense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Like, uh, oh, that intense? I don't know. They like, did. They played with it, though. They played with it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, I, like, I think this it's really like, similar, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, anyway, this movie came out, what, May 15th, mm-hmm. 2003? 2003. Big, um... Huge Just ad campaign for this. Hype. This, Matrix, the this hype was, was everywhere. Hype. Mm-hmm. 
And, Everybody uh, wanted to see. This was one of those movies like you wanted to see like the day it came out, so you didn't hear anything about what happened in it, like from someone else accidentally or whatnot. How I didn't rewatch the trailers. Were they very cryptic about what was going on, or very much so? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like like tonight's just like, the uh, night. It was the 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 Morpheus speech, wasn't it? About yeah, yes, tonight being yeah. the and uh, they like would tease the highway sequence. Like everybody knew that highway sequence was yeah, going to yeah. be something. Like you and I mean spoilers down the road, but like you could just when that thing finishes in the theater, it was just like you could tell people were kind of floored, despite whatever they would say about the movie when they left. You could sense <laughs> that they were pretty floored after that. Um, yeah, the action really ups the end. We're going to talk plenty about the action, but there's a everything lot of, like, does everything. Yeah, but um, oh boy, this is like to, to, so. Let's get to this. As far as like when we all saw this movie thing, which we normally do, I assume we all saw it. You know, fairly close to opening weekend. I certainly did. I saw it right away when mm-hmm. it came out. I was very excited. I'm a huge fan of the Matrix. I couldn't wait for the sequels, and um, I saw it with my dad. Uh, I've not been shy about saying this is my favorite Matrix movie, and it's not like it grew into that. This has been my favorite Matrix movie since seeing this thing. Like I walked out of this thinking that was spectacular. Like I I couldn't believe how how it like to to me somehow topped what was basically at 13 years old my favorite movie. <laughs> watching the Matrix, like oh this this did more. I couldn't believe it. I was so surprised. Um, so yeah, I just out the gate really just liked everything about what the Wachowskis did for their follow-up. And it was like, I couldn't wait to see what the third one was going to be. Um, and we talked about the movie before and we'll probably talk about that later on in the podcast. But how about you guys, Brandon, when did you first see the matrix reloaded? And what'd you think? Like the first, first showing like uh, the Friday it came out. Uh, I was in college at the time, like big, like everybody wanted to go see the matrix. So one with a group of people. Um, the first Matrix is one of my favorite movies, uh, like at, of all time. Like it's weird because I always forget that you go back. I watched all, all of them in preparation for this, and like you watch, I watched that first Matrix movie. I'm like, God, man, this I love this damn thing. I don't know why. Maybe this is a series of movies I haven't abused of, of rewatches or something. But uh, I really like this movie quite a bit. I was really impressed with it. Uh, but yeah, I still I still prefer the first one. But this is good. I've really. Uh, appreciate the series a lot as i've gotten older as time mm-hmm. has passed and even the the third one hit better than it ever did, has before this last time i watched it in preparation for this but actually i'm actually very excited to watch the third one again. i haven't watched it in a while yeah so. for some reason it, it hit uh much better than it ever had before with me and this one always gets better every time i watch it and it's yeah we'll get into it but um i am a fan of this one i'm a bigger fan of it now than when it came out. I still liked it when it came out, but I'm grown much bigger onto it in the years since. We'll get to Scott and Peter in a second, but just right out the gate, the <laughs> it just it doesn't like it just gives you action right away. As far as like, how are we up in the ante? Well, let's just give you like a big slow mo action fight right there. Then let's have them falling out of a building and with these like. Well, it's a callback higher... to the first one. We open exactly. with, Trin- with mysterious Trinity, yeah. Trinity action mm-hmm. sequence. Yeah, and it, it's just. It's showing you like, yeah, we still have the money and we're still going to be like ambitious with this thing as far as, it, you know, giving you stuff you haven't seen before in a film, like two people falling in slow motion off a building shooting at each other. Like, it's just like they, they, they haven't settled down. They're going to push it all. Yeah, it's crazy. Scott, where are you with Reloaded? Uh, I saw it uh, Wednesday night, the first possible showing. I want to say like seven or nine o'clock. Whatever the first showing. Oh, was it a Wednesday it came out? It was a Wednesday release. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. then I would have seen it a Wednesday, Wednesday night, sorry. 
it opened on a Thursday. This was during that weird period in the early 2000s when the very biggest movies were opening on Thursday to better coincide with overseas openings to mitigate uh, online piracy. Um, yeah, um, this did that. The start, the first, the last two Star Wars prequels did that. Um, it might have just been those three, but I'm sure there are others. There are others. Some yeah. Harry Potters, I think, probably did that. Um, but go on. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's I liked it a lot. Uh, it's grown on me over the years. Um, I liked that. I mean, aside, you know, obviously the spectacle's terrific. It's very much a you know stereotypically darker, grittier sequel that challenges the easier wish fulfillment fantasy of its predecessor. And I think that's part of why its reputation has been dinged over the years because it's certainly not the escapist fantasy. You know, you are the one, you are the special, blah, 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 that the first film is. Well, like a lot of like superhero movies, it got yes. it got the origin hero's journey story out of yes. the way, the mm-hmm. template that everyone knows, and it does something different like a lot of superhero sequels do. That It's forwards so things weird how different. so many sequels do that, but half of them fail. Everyone loves them, <laughs> yeah. and half of them almost arbitrarily, you know, the quote unquote fans turn on them. You know, for every Dark Knight, there's a Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's an obvious example. Well, um, and like, like I love about this movie, uh, like Ryan Johnson said about the Last Jedi. In this movie, ultimately leads to a moment where our hero hears the last thing they want to hear, and it's yeah. devastating to him. But it's not what the audience is like. Oh, it's more devastating almost on the audience than it is to the hero in the story because they have this got to have everything pretty, got to be safe things, and and it's the right choice to make when making the film. It makes it far more interesting, oh, far more compelling. Real real quick, because we're not going to see all of these captains together in a room again. Look right. at the dress style going on in every oh, single yeah, person awesome. in this room. Oh, yeah. It, it, it kind of has that sequel thing where it's like, oh, you guys watch The Matrix now, like or something like, Greg, this is the original creators, but it feels like um, you went to that party after it came out, and now all the people think it's cool or something. But you have Roy jo- Jones Jr., the boxer in here, who... Uh, luckily, many of his scenes are relegated to a video game, but um, it's an interesting bit of casting going around. And Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett's obviously one of the bigger mm-hmm. ads for the film. Uh, you have this guy, Ghost. Uh, is Lee, Lee Wannell's in this movie? I forget if he's one of these guys, though. No, uh, he, uh, yeah, he's... He's one of the, like, the, is he one of, like, the ship pilot people? Yeah, he's one of the ship pilot people, and he shows up really quickly and dies later on. <laughs> But it's like everybody that was in Australia that's a young actor, like they were in this mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> like, I hope we put that money to good use. Oh, wait, mm. clearly did. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Saw is partially sponsored by whatever he got paid for this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, do, um, I, I do notice with this film, uh, as opposed to the, the previous film, and it's probably because it has a bigger cast and, and stuff like that, but it feels a bit looser in terms of its neatness than the first one. First one's pretty tight. Pretty straight. This one, you have a couple actors that feel a little awkward in, in t- at times. Um, and it's got some gung-ho effects stuff that, uh, like, I'm, re- I'm really shocked when I go to these 4Ks, like, how well majority of this stuff holds up. But the first one, almost per- to perfection, the effects and everything holds up. Um, perhaps because it was more limited and this one was like, well, we're going to just fucking try whatever. But- well, it's the same thing as we always talk about, right? Where the movies, you know, there are limits based off just the technology of the time, even though yeah. obviously Matrix is a technical revolution. Right. Like even that's still a movie where you have to pad out the rest of the movie with st- 
stuff and right. their Wachowskis are really good at that stuff. They're really good at that's what that mm-hmm. bound is entirely that. <laughs> like, yes. So, so like everything that's not a visual effect, they have a lot of control over what they want to do here. This is like we have everything we could ask for. Like mm-hmm. so yeah, I feel like naturally it's just gonna have a little fall off in terms of you know, there's a bit more messiness, which I can accept. Right. Cause I mean, yeah, they're, they're casting Roy Jones here. Uh, they put, uh, Aaliyah was cast in the movie. She had to be reshot, um, because she died during the filming of it, but they were, of, uh, Nona Gay, Marvin Gay's daughter. Yeah. The, a lot of, a couple stunt casting things, which, you know, that's cool. The Wachowskis aren't like opposed to, um, doing that, but it's also could be a, a favor for you put Aaliyah in this movie. We let you do X, you know, like, well, she also was, you know, she was acting. She I, was. It's a, it's a, I, I see where it comes from as far as she had a couple of films at that point. And it's like, it, it makes a level of sense as far as like, if you're looking for, especially mm-hmm. instead of we talked about a lot of revolutions, if you, cause she would, she would have played heavily in revolutions as well. Yeah. There's such a conscious effort to cast a lot of, you know, specifically black, but POC women. Oh no, characters this is very, very yeah. diverse. Like watching these this time, I'm like, you know, it's funny. All the Smiths are white dudes. Um, and then, but like, this is such a just casually Australian white dudes, casually diverse, kind. casually queer movies, like all throughout. Like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome that that just happens. No one made a big deal about no one say anything about it back then or anything like that. It just was. I've um, always felt without being too cynical about it, that one of the reasons for some of the less than stellar word of mouth was, was how unapologetically, not white this this film and yeah, the sequel it plays a role was. yeah yeah we'll, yeah we'll get we'll get to the rave scene when we get where, to the, yeah, the, well, yes. oh the where, scene that just destroyed people back in 2003 yeah. well, like, well according, according to you know random person on the street it's 40 minutes long yep and it's, 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 it's there's, and there's nothing appealing about people dancing and it's a it's an orgy but yet you've never been to like a club or see people like yeah that's and sex. If, they, if there were vampires oh. and there was blood everywhere, they would have dug it. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Peter, we've not forgotten you. Where did you first see Reloaded? Oh, uh, you know, it, it's funny. Yeah, it takes me back. Uh, I I had moved to L. I'm you know back to Chicago, 2003. And, yeah, and I moved to LA in 2000, and so this was very much the time when uh, my friend Eric and I were like going to the Chinese at midnight to see like whatever the big movie was. And I was very excited about uh, reloaded. So yeah, I think I saw it. Raman's Chinese. It sounds like Scott, you're saying there was, I got, maybe I was like Wednesday, midnight Thursday, but I'm, I'm positive. It was like a midnight show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it could be wrong, but I think this is the last time I, cause the question I want to ask you guys is how many times did you guys see this in the theater? I think Reloaded is the last time I saw a movie seven times in the theater. I, I, I've, I've, seen like, <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies seven times that like Aliens, Terminator 2, Phantom Menace. I feel like Reloaded was the last time. Also, it could just be that I was getting older and I was like, I just can't keep doing this. Like, but this was the sweet spot where I just, yeah, I, was, I, I saw this so many times. At the I was a broke age, college right? kid. I saw it once and then right? got, <laughs> yeah, the, got the DVD. So I, 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 I was just under the age of having my car so like a year later i was seeing lots of movies lots of times but here i was i saw maybe once well Mm -hmm. once for sure but i don't think there was a second time until it came out on dvd but i really yeah another thing i I wanted to get your guys take on is that watching this now one thing we haven't mentioned is that remember 
this was, I mean, I know back to the future did it before, but this was also the whole, like we're shooting two movies back to we're shooting part two and three back to back. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when I think of this now and, and watching this, you know, it, I sort of feel like even though technically Dune part two had to be uh greenlit, like they did not shoot them back to back. There is a sense of world building uh, in Ma- the Matrix Reloaded of expanding its world. It sort of reminds me of what we, what we would get with the first Dune. I know they're very different stories. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, as far mm-hmm. as yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I just think that's interesting to me. I mean, we could also, you know, the other thing obviously is that this. I thought, you know, the Warchowskis are the you know top of their game with create with really great world building. That I mean, besides this, we basically have Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter around the same time, but those are both built based on existing properties. And then yeah. after this, we get, what is it like underworld? And we get what the, those classic worlds. Yeah. The tri- <laughs> what it? what's the pitch black sequel. That's not Riddick Chronicles. Like this, is that era that weird early two thousands mid where it's like, it's a lot of deadly serious world building movies, but yeah, but I don't yeah. like as much as I'm not a fan of some of those I do admire the fact that they tried. Like, look oh, at yeah, sure. I mean, look at now. <laughs> like, oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's. I mean, that's the thing is that like, I wish some of those were yeah. better. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. really like to like a movie about vampires versus werewolves, and somehow that's boring. I'd. I wish that was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I would love to love Underworld. But, I wish you've, I did. you've brought in a. You've brought in a great thing about the world building because this. This right here. Watching this for the first time, I was already comfortable in the first. You know, like ten minutes of this movie. It's like cool fights, action, the characters I like. When they got to Zion, that's when I like it clicked with me. Like, this is doing something that I'm really responding to because I remember the first Matrix hearing Tank talk about Zion is like, yeah, it's the last city, it's near the Earth core. Mm-hmm. To me, that just sounded like a cave, you know, like it didn't yeah. sound like anything oh. specific. It just sounded like, okay, so there's like a pod of people somewhere and they're they're struggling. This, the idea that this was like this incredibly organized like system that's like miles long and has these you know different constructs that we saw like that white room that's like in a program so they can control the doors and they just in these mechs and like these the clear like uh costume choices to establish different rank like just so much stuff is going on here to establish what zion is and it just like it wowed me in a way where i feel like i would have been that way if i was watching something like star wars in a theater for the first time but remember the so tag tagline from the haters like oh it looks like crap why would you want to fight for live for that i'm like that's the point of the <laughs> that's true you got it you have it but you're going the wrong way but oh yeah. but I, I was well, when i was watching this recently I was like, did Abrams knock off Matrix Reloaded for Force Awakens for the Resistance stuff? Like for the outfit, the what they wear? Oh, you can feel it a little bit. Like, yeah, I, I was like, that. I was like, did he borrow from Matrix? Um, here's, here's a question: since we're before we get to, more into it, the Animatrix came out before this movie. Yes. Like, the, who did it? Did anyone else watch the Animatrix before this movie came out? No. Yes. So yeah, it was sure. it was I'm, the I'm summer sure. after it came out on DVD like that summer like after the movie came out. Okay, I, I, I think it was all. It aired on. I think it aired online for. Uh, I was well, working. the the final flight of Osiris that came out with Dreamcatcher, which was what Scott two thousand two in October yes. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Uh, actually, I think it was early twenty two thousand three. Early two thousand. Okay, so whenever whenever Dreamcatcher came out because it was attached to Dreamcatcher. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. This came out the the full animators came out June two thousand three, so it came. Really? I could have sworn. Okay. okay. Yeah, 
but it's certainly like and the game came out like the same day as the movie right that was like the whole thing of yeah, the yeah 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 so, like it had so there was so much expansive media that would fill you in on certain backstory like the kid we just saw the kid who's like a, a neo junkie essentially like the, there's a whole animatrix segment devoted to that kid and what his backstory is and that's like more stuff that it's after the fact but i just i i found really neat i didn't find it like taxing it didn't feel like oh this is too much they just felt like this is a really cool like for an early approach to this kind of thing like expanded media that's not just you know novels i really i dug it mainly because i I mean obviously i just dug the world of the matrix like it Mm -hmm. just worked for me but i thought it was a really good example of that and it felt like such a great wachowski flex where they're like well we can do anything we want to what if we hired all of our favorite anime artists from like cowboy bebop and vampire hunter d and like got them to make short films to represent our film like that's just such a neat thing that they're able to like capture and do for this and each each animatrix is like really good that's the weird thing there's no like there's There's no no, like there's there's no dud entry yeah there's no dud (laughs) and oh god brendan oh no I, i was just saying if for some reason we were like we never got a sequel to the matrix and we just kept getting animatrix stuff that would have been exciting as well just as it, good as they I, are it's surprising warner brothers didn't make more animatrix stuff like that seems like that could have been pretty easy I to think, put together i think they were I burned they, by I the mean, reaction to the third one which makes i can yeah mm-hmm. it makes oh, sense that could be i because i was gonna say i mean i remember when star wars visions was announced i was like oh it's kind of like an animatrix thing like so mm-hmm. i definitely think that 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 kind of idea of letting letting artists that they that the filmmakers love play in that world and everything absolutely was kind of ahead of its time for uh when the animatrix was made um mm-hmm. yeah and I, actually um i think it wouldn't surprise me if after if res if resurrections does well if we get HBO more returns of something kind of like yeah i would yeah. It, i mean i can see that like it would i think yeah i think there's just so much there you know one thing I very much like about this picture, and again, this goes to the whole darker, more deconstructive sequel, is we, you know, in the first film, you get the idea that Morpheus is this revered, you know, sort of leader of the resistance, and Zion is this sort of utopia. And then when we get to the second film, Morpheus is just one commander among many. Most of the people don't particularly like him. You know, I, a lot of yeah. them think that the prophecy is garbage a distraction I, I, I really i i agree i really yeah. and it's it's that's something that salvation was trying to do and failed at terminator salvation yes. mm-hmm. where absolutely like, that's like one John, of the things i do like about it yeah i like that i like that concept it just yes. screws the pooch in a yeah, lot yeah, of ways yeah, but it's, it's, uh but this one yes i i appreciate that and i also appreciate that neo despite displaying powers of the one he's just the muscle like yeah. he doesn't he like yeah. he's, he has contributions to this story but like when people walk into a room Morpheus is still the center center character that walks into the room. He's just on the side, like, yeah, I'll handle the guys if I need to fight somebody. Yeah, and he's like, and very I, uncomfortable in his own skin. He is. That's it's great too. Like this is there's mm-hmm. a well, you know, Trinity you know, is the enforcer. Like yeah, she is the yeah. one. <laughs> that's the thing. She right, cracks me. She's great. She cracks me up. Like in, in these things, she um, takes charge in all these scenes. Like we'll get to the freeway sequence where there's just a lot of decisions being made in a rapid amount. But like Neo's so like. <laughs> despite the fact that he can do anything he's such a like yeah I, i'm the i'm like a bouncer i guess but like everyone else is making decisions here well i, I love that the wachowskis they make a decision and this extends into the next one that people have jobs people nobody's good at everything everybody needs sure. each other because neo doesn't pilot the nebuchadnezzar um and they they make it a point in the next one where uh niobe is like an awesome pilot and they show it 
and and Morpheus is just there in the front seat, like, tell me what to do. Tell me. Yeah. What. Yeah. The, the big, the biggest and, problem with the third one is that Morpheus is kind of cast aside because they mm-hmm. didn't have any like plot wise. Solo and Jedi, he is. Yeah, and like in a in a better movie, they would have been able to find a way to get him back to Zion. So he's like in a mech suit or something, like fighting. But you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but I, I do like that aspect that they let. I was like watching. I was like, they really let Niobe mm-hmm. be the hero of the final moment, where another filmmaker would have. Well, I have my three, and they have to do everything, and. No, every people like Tank or Link here is important. Like all the people. that's the best part. The, the, the where's my and then the kids. Are hey! that's so funny. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I remember everybody died in the theater when saw that part happened. Oh. That was that was his line before. What? <laughs> and this is where he introduced Nona Gay's character as well as Gina Torres, Lawrence Fishburne's wife, who gets to be in this movie. Um, Harold Perrineau, Harold Perrineau coming in. He replaced Tank, who I believe the actor asked for more money. <laughs> and, dare the uh, Crispin Glover of the uh, the series. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, well, I guess you had injuries and you died from them in between movies. So now your cousin is here, and um, that's that's who's the, the new pilot of the Nebuchadnezzar. Would this would it be fair to call Matrix Reloaded the Mission Impossible of the OOS? In turn, in what way? Uh, I don't understand what it meant. Oh, in terms of being too complex oh, oh. for too people complex to... for the general audiences and leaving. I think some of it is when the first Matrix came out, a lot of general moviegoers only pretended that they liked all the philosophical mumbo jumbo and the religious subtext and all that mm-hmm. jazz, but they really liked like the razzle dazzle. Four years later, this sequel comes out, and I would argue triples down on the philosophical mumbo-jumbo razzle-dazzle, you know, and all, and people are like, whoa, I didn't want that. I just wanted more kung fu. Which this movie has an ample yeah, I just don't, I don't yeah. know what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's really confusing. Like, this movie takes every single thing from the original and cranks it. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. And, and watching, the first, it. watching the first Matrix, it's not like that movie's wall-to-wall action. There's a good 40 no. minutes of no action in that movie. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it holds I, it reserved because it's, it's on a budget. Mm-hmm. I will say that, um, and I think no, uh, Nolan, it, Christopher Nolan would kind of do this too and would also garner a lot of like fans and then eventually like backlash and stuff. I will say that as much as I, and I, I think I'm also in the camp that Reloaded is probably my favorite uh, of the three. I will say, though, the Wachowskis be beyond right that you're probably right that there are people who might have said that they were more into the philosophical mumbo jumbo or the religious, you know, um, overtones. And they really were just there for the kung fu uh, and the wire work and everything, but which is fine. Um, but I will say I'm always kind of surprised at how successful the Warchowskis and Nolan are as big budget filmmakers because they sort of, I'm not the first person to say this, but they sort of like break the rule of like screenwriting where what Aaron, you were just saying, where you're like, there's like 40 minutes in, you know, matrix where there's uh, no action. They do a lot of things where they're like heavy exposition and then action, heavy exposition and action. They don't really elegantly do exposition for some reason i'm always really drawn to i think the performers especially like morpheus when he's in the first one explaining everything but really it's really just a big monologue so i yeah. guess i i, well, so I, I'm, I guess i'm sort of saying i can sort of understand 
some of the criticism, and I think Nolan does this too. Do you guys get that? Where it's like I know what you're saying. You I have mean, these it's, big it's, movies, and it's just like talky, 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 and now there's a set piece and stuff. It, and it's well, not quite the difference as organic. Is, do are we entertained by the talky, talky? Yeah, and, Ooh, and, correct. And, and correct. people like people like Nolan and the Wachowskis, among many others. Uh, that kind of fit in these. Uh, this, yeah, realms. I don't know how I'd compare it. These yeah. are, it. Well, they're they're good at shooting these scenes, or they make them interesting, or they have something like the Matrix, where Morpheus gives a monologue that is this incredible look at this future and this understanding and boiling it into a battery. Like all that stuff is really fascinating because for one thing, mm-hmm. it's new, but also it's shot interestingly. You have these stark right. backgrounds, or you have dystopian worlds that you've never seen before. Like there's stuff there. In, ter- in terms of like the content that you're getting. It's no different than like random action movies or thrillers where there's also nothing comparatively going on except exposition to get you from place to place. But instead of filling it with, you know, general kinds of dialogue that just describe a scene or whatnot, you have the philosophy. You have this, yeah. this thought, these thoughts yeah. and what have you. Right. Which don't get me wrong. I really like it, but I can sort of understand the criticism of not being engaged and being like, ah, they're just, it's just going on and on. When is this big thing going to happen? Like I, I, I get it. You know, I mean, that the first 35 minutes is pretty much action free. And they really do spend, you know, the first, almost the first act of the picture establishing the current status quo. Are we talking about this movie? Yeah. In this film. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. We got, we got Um, that brief bit at the beginning. It's, 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 you know, as you would say, talky talky. And again, it's a question is, are you engaged by that, by the plot and the character and the dialogue? And, you know, I use an obvious example the, to the extent that it's inception works, it's that because it is engaging to listen to these actors explain how this journey they are going to take is going to work. By the way, uh, as a huge fan of the Warriors, this whole scene was so cool to be seeing. <laughs> watching more <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like standing up here in front of these this giant room of extras, which is real, you know, because yeah. it's another time where you can just populate it with CG extras. So you have all these people here, and Morpheus is giving like this Cyrus speech, and it's like this is fantastic. <laughs> like and he's these these swooping camera movements as he's like not saying, "Can you dig it?" Like I'm just completely yeah. He is so <laughs> close. He's, he's so close. To it's right you there. You so, like it feels like they wanted to wanted him to say it. It's like ah, we can't go that far. <laughs> Do you think there's an outtake where he does say it? Oh, I can't. I can't imagine there's not. <laughs> it's, pro- it's probably sixteen of them. And it's got Aaliyah going. Aaliyah going. We can't dig it. <laughs> By the way, yeah, we mentioned. Uh... The, you know the casting here and uh, the, the 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 amount of work being put in by people. Jada Pinkett probably has the most to do next to like the, the next to Keanu and Gary Amos and Hugo Weaving because of this, as well as the video game mm-hmm. footage that she shot for this movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> she's one of the leads of the video game, right? If I she's, recall, she, it's, yeah, it's yeah, her. It's, it's, it's Niobe and Ghost. Yeah, her. Yeah. You're, in, you're in the Ghost character. What's his name? Anthony. So Anthony Wong, there it is. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, you play it. You get to choose between one of them and play in the Matrix world and everything. They they so. basically do a kind of uh, a lot of it's like a copy of what's going on with the movie mm-hmm. a bit. That like they do some similar stuff with like Persephone and things. But there are some things I think I I was telling you, Aaron, earlier that like, should have been in the movie. <laughs> I, I mean. I can't. I don't. I don't know where my memory lies as far as like. I feel like you could watch. All right. this, have everything down, but I mean, well, it, it does amplify certain things or give you a yes, give you some con- a little bit of context. Can't say it's essential, but like, there's a scene with her and Harry Lennox uh, before the uh, we need someone to go with uh, Morpheus on this mission thing, 
where he's talking about a plan they have and he secured that her he convinced the council that her ship was too little to do any damage and that he's trying to protect her and keep her safe because he loves her. Da, 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 and it pisses her off because she wants to fight. She wants to be part of it. So when she stands up and offers herself to go with Morpheus and gives him that look, there's better context to why she's sticking it to him right there. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. There's also a scene for that informs the third movie, like the couple that uh, is in the train station at the beginning of the third one with the child that had to give up something to get their child. Well, they gave up the Oracle, and that's why her appearance has changed. There's the, and there's also more Bruce Spence in the, in the and second there's more movie. Bruce Spence. But <laughs> so, like, I'm like, always welcome. Those two things, I'm like, that would have been nice. Uh, though, you know, but it was an attempt at doing something to do. I mean, the, before the Matrix trying to do all these tie-ins, like you have to you check out this, this means that. We we had what the Blair Witch, but a lot of that was done after, mm-hmm. um, with like going online and looking up stuff and going through rabbit holes of things. This tried to spread it out and do a lot of crazy stuff, um, but it, I don't think it overall ruined enjoyment at all. So we're watching this this rave sequence right now, mm-hmm. which you know it takes like what like five seven minutes maybe. Um, I th- beyond the fact that I see nothing wrong with this because it's just like people dancing um, the the key part of this is like this is the last time these people are going to like have a good night like yeah. that's, right. the, that's the entire reason right. behind this so if you don't have this sequence it's just a lot of miserable people <laughs> like that's yeah. it like they've never done anything happy like there's nothing to care about yeah, have, like, we have to show what they're fighting for yeah and that's mm-hmm. entirely what this scene's purpose is like and, I, you know and, and, uh, yeah without wading into the discourse but i would say even you know four years after the first one the industry had become pg-13 ish enough that the very idea of a huge movie like this showing two adults outright having sex on screen was a little surprising and a little i don't want to say i don't want to say it's 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 scandalous but i do think it took some you know people that had already started to treat you know a light r-rated movie like this as something you can bring your kids to um, that's not the film's fault because you know obviously it's the first film was R. It was made by the people that made Bound, which was very R. But I do think some of the backlash was cut in a Batman Returns kind of way that this film in in several ways wasn't you know fit for happy, you know McDonald's Happy Meals. Well, you're mentioning like Neo and Trinity having sex, which is juxtaposed and like tastefully yeah. i suppose it's not like anything explicit mm-hmm. is shown here but it's like yeah. juxtaposed it's but that's not the thing that ever comes up in these conversations. no one's ever like oh i don't like this movie because keanu reeves and carrie ann moss have sex well, point in it. they talk about i don't like this dancing sequence of all these people like that's the all thing these they point out. you know if i may be a dick about it a bunch of people complaining about a bunch of black sweaty bodies dancing to a brave music yeah that's yeah that's, that's what it is yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. um but you had Kevin Bacon but, doing the Footloose, like it'd be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, but this is definitely the Casino Planet of the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, <laughs> yes, a very, a very an, an innocuous, yes. an, an yeah. innocuous, mm-hmm. not very long segment of a film that's their purely established character. Yeah, that has an and has purpose. does have purpose. Yeah, which is you know basically the amount of time it would take you to go to the bathroom and come back to the theater. Mm-hmm. Um. 
And it's, I mean, we can talk about the soundtrack a little. I like the music a lot. Yeah. I, I like, I love this soundtrack in general, mm-hmm. but I, I li- and I like the score. I mean, the, the, the sounds to bring this whole world to life. I just find it. And I like that they like, given that it's Zion, this underground city, they found a way to make like, you know, they, they found, they made drums and they made like, mm-hmm. you know, these sort of themes that would reflect both being in a future society as well as one that's stuff that's primitive because that's they don't have yeah, the because, resources. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and that bit right there, that seals it by the way of Morpheus saying good night Zion. Like, right. I, I, I'm not, a, I can understand if some, everybody's not convinced that Zion has like this deep emotional connection, whatever, but like, it's not like the movie didn't care to try to make Zion mean something to everybody. Like, you know, it was crazy. This guy here is, so much better as like the uh, like uh possessed by Andrew uh, or Mr. possessed by Smith than he is just this regular guy here. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's only in it as this regular guy for like two seconds, but his performance is like, ah. yeah, it's not because it's the it's the dial. It's a it's yeah. like really like Peter. You I know you were saying earlier. It's like it's very there's a stiltedness to some of the performances. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, it's it's there. That's what I'm sure. saying. It's looser in here, yeah. probably because they have so many people. And when you're trying to be kind of secretive with it, you cast you don't cast bigger a ton of bigger names mm-hmm. to go with it. But um, I will say too, Wachowski's filmmaking wise, we know they the anime is the huge factor here, but it's just stunning the way they. It looks like one visually that the facial uh, performances pull off anime. Like Hugo Weaving is outstanding <laughs> pulling oh, yeah. off these anime faces. The angles, like the costume they get. I mean, it is, it's just unbelievable. They, they do it again right after in Speed Racer, where they pull off turning that thing into live action. That's an amazing movie, too. But it's just going through this and just watching, knowing and stuff. It's just like, I can just see it as a cartoon. I can like see it animated. It's unbelievable yeah. C- compared to like the recent, for example, Cowboy Bebop, um, which I more or less like, but I have it, my issues with it. What's clear to me though about that series is it's very, and it's always been clear because you just haven't seen many examples of it for a good reason. It's very hard to make a live action anime. The Wachowskis mm-hmm. are among the very few that amazingly know how to bring that to life. Because like, I think they're also not relying on the computers as much. Like today, someone would be like, "Oh, I can do that in post. I can do that in post." They know the importance they of think, getting it right yeah. when they shoot it too, and then mm-hmm. they can, yeah. You can very much see it in the first Matrix, which is you know less reliance compared to this movie, mm-hmm. like where you can see the you can see the visual, you can see side by side comparisons. They made them online with with things like Ghost in a Shell and Cowboy Bebop, as far as like, like Morpheus with a samurai doing. sword and a gun. You can see that. Oh yeah. It's, it's, like, yeah, it's insane. And all these like guys who talk like this, and oh gosh, they. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, the entire what the third movie, the third act is a mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z fight. I mean, it's like it's, yeah, it's not, it, it makes it very clear what they what they want to reference. And Centipede gets in there too. Yeah, I like the, it's a small role, but I really like Anthony Zerb um, here um, as this councilman guy. And the, his this is a, this is a sweet, thoughtful dialogue scene that I mm-hmm. it's yeah. You got to get an actor that can nail it with a short time, and there you go. And I what? like this eclectic cast of like people. You have him. You have what's his name? Uh, Cornel West. West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As Counselor West. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you know, Keanu, he's he's you know he gets plenty to do here, but he, he only has so many like personal scenes. It's either this or like him with Trinity. Like that's pretty much it as far as 
low, lower key scenes to play. Mm-hmm. And I do like his his sense of curiosity, like which was very much present in the first film. That's still present here as he's kind of coming, you know, appreciating Zion and what it has to offer. Well, I also not knowing his place in this world. I also I also like here that, that with him and some of the other council members, Wachowski's man, managed to get old elder actors in these weird hairstyles, makeup, costumes, and they look comfortable in it. They don't <laughs> yeah. they don't look like they're like awkward or anything else. They look totally comfort comfortable in the in this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 they, whatever was explained to them about like what their place is here they yeah. got it they, went they got it. yeah it's insane this is certainly a duologue that's very ahead of its time in terms of our relationship to, to, to technology then and certainly now and I expect it's going to be something that comes up in the next film yeah so at the time of the recording this none of us have seen the new film as of yet but I, I am. I mean, and we've heard plenty about what the what the what, what Lana Wachowski's logic is in it. But I mean, we've certainly heard that they're leaning a lot more on the things that they've been doing with Sense Eight and Cloud Atlas, as opposed to mm-hmm. just making another Matrix movie. Which is, yeah. I think that's that's the reason for I think any film lover to be excited about another Matrix movie, not just because yeah. hey, we get more kung fu scenes. It's like no, they're going to be like exploring some weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's they didn't have to make it. And we haven't heard a peep, at least that I've seen, about oh, this is going to start a new trilogy, or it's going to be lots of sequels. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not they're not making the film necessarily with that as a requirement. Yeah, we might not see the Matrix repercussions. So, <laughs> or the Matrix rhinoplasty. That's where they have to get noses. <laughs> they have to change their faces. The Matrix retributions. The Matrix. <laughs> I don't know. But Matrix resurgence. Matrix rebooted. And then just Matrix. <laughs> oh God. Matrix. Don't put that evil in the world. That's where that's where Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, stars as a uh, a retired uh, army. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Wait, can I say um, I found a computer. I, wait, can I say just as a um Keanu. I'm assuming you guys will will shoot this down, but um my uh so uh, my girlfriend is she she likes the Matrix trilogy. I don't think as much as as we all do, but she like Thumper. loves she loves Will <laughs> she loves Will Smith, and she knows that you know Will Smith famously turned down the role of mm-hmm. Neo, and so she is very much like, wouldn't it be awesome if Will Smith actually is going to have this great cameo in Resurrections that he's like another an alternate Neo that I'm not and against. Like that's actually that like be, yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. that'd be an interesting yeah. thing to see happen. I trust them that if they wanted to do that, they'd make it not stupid. Yeah, right. No, I just well, yeah, I'm just like, I mean, I feel like I would have heard that if we did get Jada, though, in a way that's kind of what you're talking about. It's the ultimate compromise. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, Will said no. She said yes. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. Um, I like I I like the idea of presenting that to Jordan and Space Jam, too. So Jade Jade in will show up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, the kid. He's a bit yeah, much, isn't he? he? Yeah, people don't like the kid. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> he's, he's very uh, a little overzealous. Well, he I mean, represents, I like, he but represents the, the fans. This this is fun, though, that he gives him the spoon. That's a fun little thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's a neat thing. 
it's really it's really the third movie where the kid's the problem this is like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got a fanboy cool the third one it's like he's like really we're really pivoting around this kid for the this giant uh, action climax yeah. <laughs> i mean we talked about that in our commentary but the, the mistake it makes is thinking we gave a crap to spend 40 minutes with those people yeah shooting at things harry lennox it, this is such a thankless role that he has. And if if he, <laughs> if he wasn't a natural born human and he was a Matrix character, his Matrix name would probably be Wet Blanket. Like they're so. <laughs> Isn't he a, like the boring name of like Jason? He's he's uh, Commander so, Locke. That's, okay. that's who he is. But um, but yes, I uh, yeah, I think his first name is Jason. Like that's yeah, because Naomi calls him Jake. I I'm like. I like the idea that he was cool once because Jada Pinkett was like, I want to be his, I want to, or she's with him now, right? Yeah, yeah. She's with him now. So, so, so never mind. Somehow this is the appealing version of well, him. Well, I, I think in <laughs> Niobe's life here, she's in a, a middle ground of faith in science in her life and not knowing where it's at. And in, oh. in a life where she was much more, and I, had much it, more of a faith. She was with Morpheus. And when she became much, well, she became much more grounded. I think, you know, in his defense, you know, from his point of view, he's got this relatively huge operation that's being slightly undermined by this weirdo cult faction. Also, a week ago, Zion wasn't, you know, being threatened by being destroyed. So he was probably that cooler. <laughs> he's probably cooler yeah. at that point. Uh, this character, Seraph, played by Paolo Chow, who is a login screen, which is really fun. Um, he was going to be played by Jet Li. That was mm-hmm. the plan. Yeah. Uh, they, went, they cast Jet Li. Jet Li worked on this film for before production started for months and they heard him speak dialogue and said <laughs> well they also like they wanted to digitally record his martial arts moves and Jet yeah. Li did not want that to be a thing he did not want them to have mm. a digital record of the moves that he perfected himself and so he's like yeah i don't want to do this i'll be on the part of this so be it mm. it's not this the, guy's I mean, cool this guy, i like him yeah I, like, I mean there's not it's it's he's a fairly minor character despite like the presence he brings, but it's like, it'd be I feel like it'd just be distracting to have Jet Li in this movie for like I agree. five minutes. <laughs> yeah. In retrospect, it's not, Wait. it's good that it's somebody that we don't necessarily recognize. Sorry. As a side note, that is like one of my favorite moments. It's so quick. What we just saw the Heinz, like storyboarding this and then executing that cool shot where he hits him, falls mm-hmm. back. And then Keanu in slow motion moves forward to like mm-hmm. hit him again. It's yes. so it's really perfectly done. I just, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. I do just, not, no, do no. not be sorry about this. These are good things to bring up. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, the fight choreography in this is so, like, it's so specific, like you're saying, and just so well realized on screen. It's a shame that we don't get more of this now. Like, yeah. Yeah. how we fell backwards from these amazing sequences in this movie <laughs> is beyond me. That's because we got to shoot everything big time second unit far away and. You know, do it with computers. That's, but I mean, we in a, in a sense, so we have gotten back to some better. I mean, now everybody's just mocking John Wick with things. We're kind of in that period now, but Keanu really gotten, was the savior. Yeah, that's true. We have the John Wicks. These aren't the worst yeah. things to mock, but even then, like we have so and so's John Wick now. That's the that's the action yeah, thing. We can't. Right. But even then, those are still like mid tier budget movies where you can get away with like. This movie cost an arm and a leg here, right? Yeah, this was 150 back, but that was a huge amount of money. We should have other 150 million dollar movies that look this good. (laughs) I mean, we got we got uh, 
Fury Road in 2015. Yeah, we had the once in a Almost lifetime. Almost by accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it's mean, funny. Yeah, we, Mr. Impossible films. We had a mere. Well, yeah. I, what your name? What you're naming are diamonds yeah. in the rough. That's right. the problem. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm generally trying to think of. But you're right. I, it's cra- yeah because and it's not like that's new. Like you know, Star Wars came out. Not like we had a, another ten Star Warses. Like yeah. It, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I mean, like Malignant for like two bucks shouldn't put them to shame. Like yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't, but. God, it, that it, it fight does. scene so in the police station I watched the other day so fucking cool. Oh, that's so every, good. Yeah, everything <laughs> about that movie is yeah. like it is. I oh god! Every time I watch it, I'm like, I get my I, I like I I have no shame. That movie rules. Like it's. I liked it more this last time that I watched it. It's so yeah, I really like so it. specific to what t- it's doing. You can't take your eyes off. Like it is like one of one of the most well made films of the year. Like. I, I don't know how people. Yeah. If you don't like Malignant, you hate movies. Brandon Peters out now. <laughs> Matrix, re- the Matrix fair, Reloaded. The that people there, that yeah. saw it generally liked it. Put that on a Brandon Peters show shirt on yeah. the front. On the front, <laughs> if you don't like Malignant, you don't like movies. Brandon Peters show on the back. Exactly. So Fifteen dollars I mean, each on T Fury. It's it's a movie. If you're watching, you're amazed by. But if you're at home on HBO Max and looking at your phone, I'm I'm glad I made the effort to drive out to the last minute press screening that I did. All right, let's let's stop talking about Malignant for a second. Yes. We're, we're talking over the best just, acting performance in this movie. Gloria well, yeah, Foster. she just yeah. dropped a major <laughs> bomb. Or, hey, I'm not human. Yeah. <laughs> and Gloria, she's going to get to she's going to get to one of my favorite things here. Talking, which I think is so well done in this, mm-hmm. is she brings up the notion of I think it's basically that there when a program is doing what it's supposed to do, you're not really going to notice it. But when a program kind of does its own thing that's when you hear stories about vampires and werewolves and i was like oh that's such a cool idea no, it's when they're that, renegade when they renegade yeah. right yeah and then we get to see vampires and werewolves in this movie it's insane yeah. <laughs> no but that's what, but that's what's so cool like that i love that it's their own version of those things like i i just i thought that was so great i i oh, yeah. the merovingian is dracula and if it's not more yeah. obvious than his his scene in yeah. revolutions where he's like oh and he's got the red it's like aha right. The, like, it's great. She's like the work she's doing here is this Oracle character. She's uh, in the same same in the first movie. She's so locked into this role. Like mm-hmm. whatever the direction is, I'm convinced that the Wachowskis clearly know more than just visuals. They know how to direct these actors. They know how to. Oh like, yeah. They, they know like whatever pitch they blew with Will Smith, they perfected it for the rest of these people that they got to be in their movie because well, like, the, they're so yeah. like on track. The with thing what they is. Need. That translates to the next actor who takes over this role. Yeah, Mary yeah. Atlas it's is amazing. also very good in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, um, Mary Atlas, like the way she, like, the, the, after the realization of the architect and everything at the end of this movie, going to the next movie, my favorite thing about what the Oracle does is completely like talks down the the power that he had in his speech he's like that man he just he's just zeros and ones fuck that guy don't yep. worry about him he, was, he, gave you, he gave you a bunch of stuff don't, let's deal with our thing here he'll do what he does like it's such a the, the nonchalant she has and like how she presents that it's so like mm-hmm. in step with what what gloria fosh is doing in this movie where she's like like you're saying peter she's very much delving into like the nature of, of of what this situation is with this program, as well as like casually tossing off that candy line that I really like. It's like I love candy. Like it's just <laughs> how to balance the the mumbo jumbo as we've called it with like just a real world presence. I, it's very impressive. Yeah, she's a very you know obviously this is a you know she's a very the neighborhood storyteller. Mm-hmm. And when you have an actor 
And this is, you know, one of the reasons why the MCU lucked out with Downey Jr. is you have an actor that among his other attributes, he makes exposition sound like character development. Yes. Oh, for sure. You have an actor like that, you can get away with almost anything. She's also, she's also arguably, I mean, I don't even know if they were like making a conscious decision to do this, but she's sort of like the, is, is it a, is Richter Howard, is it Roy Batty? Wait, is that Roy Batty? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. She's sort of the Roy Batty in the sense that she seems more human than a lot of humans in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, uh, there's, which a, is there's what she, yeah. it's this lived in quality that really comes out of it. And it, especially for, you know, Morpheus is in, I mean, it's Morpheus already a black leader in command, but this him describing the Oracle, like in the first movie, like, what's that going to be? And it's just like this nice black lady making cookies. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. there's, you're expecting the, like Gandalf or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And the, and, but the way they go about that, even then, and in here beyond, like, it could easily be like more ostentatious type character that has more to say and becomes the quote unquote magical black Negro character. And it's not that it doesn't feel like this is some specific presence that does something like like Will Smith. She's sitting there smoking a cookie or smoking a cigarette, making cookies and a kid. He's not, she's not Will Smith again in Bagger Vance. She's a, he's a person that feels like she exists as a part of this world. Um, if, yeah. you ca- I mean, if you it's, cast it's, like if you cast Morgan Freeman in this part, I don't think he'd be bad in it. But I do think there'd be a certain <laughs> kind of stamp that I mean, I don't think it'd have the same kind of like what you're trying to take away from this. I don't think it would be it would come out of this that way. Well, actually, well, this is also to, an unknown to decide whether you want to save him. Or... I mean, actually, now, Aaron, now that you <laughs> well, I wish I could tell you what you should be doing in this situation. What, what Peter? I'm sure I'm sure you can fill us in because I know I've read this before. But who are some of the other possible? like people being cast in this at one point, it's not just the Will Smith story. There's a lot of people, right. That it's like, Val I mean, that's get, get for somebody for the what? first matrix. We've talked about it in that commentary. So we didn't need to go over it again, but yeah, like uh, Val Kilmer was the Morpheus, right. And, um, and so that was, was... it was like Will Smith and Val Kilmer. That was like one combination, but I mean, we've talked about the other one. in this one. We you meant Brandon, you mentioned Aaliyah was cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was shooting the movie. He was shooting. Yeah, she yeah. was, yeah, she was, was in the movie. Yeah, she Jed, was in. Jed Lee was cast, and we talked about that already. Michelle Yeoh had to turn it down from scheduling conflicts. Oh, um, uh, uh, the, the, the biggest one, Sean Connery was. They wanted him to be the architect, and he's like, "I don't get it." And so he <laughs> he turned it down. Typical Sean Connery. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's typical him at this time. He's like another yeah. another Wizards and Robots bullshit movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but the league of but the league of extraordinary gentlemen that will do. Well, well that's the according to him, yeah, that's the where, where he the, he turned down Star Wars and Matrix and Lord of the Rings, and so he got that. So he's like, I might as well take one of these, and so he takes <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and and, clear, and, and then and it's like this is the worst experience I've ever had in a movie. I'm retired. I'm, I'm too old for this shit. I'm done. Anyway, we're, we now instead of dubs, we have crows. Um, so it's not a John Woo movie. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, um, it's just can you hear the dolphins cry? This that's that's a really good review. I love that. It's yeah. like, okay, now let's have a fight between Smith and Neo. And it's like this is where the movie kicks into high gear, right? Because we're 50 minutes in. Now it's pretty much action for the rest of this movie. Yeah, the next hour is basically nonstop incident. Yeah. He's and yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned, but yeah, I mean this is I if you had told me that you're bringing back I mean, in video game terms, you're you're bringing back the big boss from the first game mm-hmm. and we're going to have him do something else. I would have been like, ah, that's a bad idea. Like you already defeated Smith. You don't need to bring him back. But man, like uh, yeah, he's, what he's the cool. idea, the mm-hmm. notion of him being free and everything like and what and what weaving does 
Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Like, no, it, it's like, a it's a feat to make Smith go from the bad to ultimate bad once again. Like it's to do it again. Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. They try it in it, TV. They try it in movie, and it's it's tough to do. Peter Weaving is the revolver ocelot of the Matrix series. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good yeah good comparison. But he's oh. all and also like next to Foster, I think he's like the second best performance in this movie. Like he's so good uh, doing everything he has to do here. Well, I didn't yeah. It says something to his you know, astounding skill as an actor that he made these films almost concurrently with the Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> he was the most straight, less serious, sanctimonious, stick up your ass character in those films. Yet he is arguably the funniest character in these films. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing he does of his face is like a lifetime of acting. <laughs> like it's yeah, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like. It's like he can do anything with his mouth. Like it's it's astounding with like just watching how he makes it look like a huge mouth. Like it's like he's Australia's Christopher Walken. Like that's what he's doing here. Like every yeah. everything has an yeah. emphasis in its own way. Is it's... is Samara his daughter? Sorry, is the actress yes. ready, uh, yes. ready, ready yes. or not? Is that his daughter? That's his yes. niece. It's his niece. Oh, it's oh. his niece. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I knew they same big. They're related. Had that, that same big grin, like that weaving grin. That's us. That's Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this was a scene that was much hyped. This was supposed to be the big holy crap moment. And yeah, some of the CGI is a little rubbery, but so what? I mean, like a thousand different, you know. I also think it comes back around. This scene gets okay. And then it's also highly comedic because you're like, oh my gosh. Well, that's the thing. I think it's the Wachowskis aren't dumb. They didn't look at the final product and you're like, huh, I wonder why this looks so CG. They know what they're doing. This it feels like it's very purposely trying to be like a video game. Like it, it, between like the, you know, the nature of what this fight is, but even the look of it, like there's a bowling pin sound that happens when they tackle a bunch of Smiths. So I mean, like, well, the the score is even kind of funny too, to go with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It's Mickey Mouse. It right. Like it's like mm -hmm. playing with the, the beats that are happening. And there's some wacko sound effects that come in, come and go through it. It's, it's yeah. No, exactly. Brandon. I was actually going to point out that, yeah, that I think this to me, because obviously we're all watching this on mute, but I can hear the score in my head mm-hmm. and like how, how, how big and crazy and kind of goofy it is. And it yeah. works really well. This like, is almost their, their ode to like the eighties Jackie Chan stuff. Like it's oh, the closest thing so. they do. Like, yeah. And it, it's, it's mocking. Like, I feel yeah. like it, it's going after the, I'm not trying to put down the fans, but I mean, it's certainly like, it's a knowing fight scene compared to the rest of the film where the stakes are higher. Yeah, this is just this fun. This, it is for fun because Neo could fly away at any moment. Yeah, uh, there's no reason for this fight to exist now except to be like, right. well, we just had like a really silly fight scene. <laughs> <in this movie." laughs> it is. Well, and this is the biggest thing Neo gets, like, because with the the showstopper well, at the end yeah. is Trinity and Morpheus. Well, he get, he gets the big Chateau I like the fight. House fight. That's it's actually when I was watching that this time, I was like, it was rather short the Chateau not, fight compared yeah, to yeah, but it's still a, I mean, it's still a cool fight. That's I mean, I, yeah, I would. I, to to Aaron's point about in a weird way that like I the one just... went up to the third floor. Yeah, <laughs> it's that. like a pinball machine. It's so funny. Sorry, um, Peter. To oh no, no sorry. To Aaron's point of the in a weird way of like plot wise, why doesn't he just you know why doesn't the character just fly away or whatever? It's it. This is very much a fight scene that is in the roots of like like a musical. You know, it's a yes, it's mm-hmm. a style. very much so, yeah. very much so. And I guess in a weird way, you could almost say they're doing with two people, even though there's a million Smiths 
it's sort of the same kind of pleasure in the airport scene in Civil War, where it's like, okay, where it's like, it's just this crazy fun sequence. It's fan service. It's fan service. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we we have this. Let's show what, what show we can do with this thing. Like, what if we had this scenario? This was still from a time where it was a question of, can we do this? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like, wow, uh, can we push push it here, push it there? But, man. But this is, I, it, like, this whole fight, it's still practical. Like, it hasn't gotten yeah, to a full lot of it yet. is. Like, it's going to come up when he, when I think when he grabs the staff. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. the pole or something. That, that's when right. it becomes, like, full, like, okay, here we go. Now it's getting, like, full digital. <laughs> but, um, but, like, that's the, the thing is, these movies know how to be funny. Like these aren't mm-hmm. self serious movies. Like there's a lot of humor. I think that's the problem. People take they try to they take yeah. it so seriously because the, the yes. characters are dressed overly serious, and they people don't get that these dark movies still have humor in them. Like mm-hmm. Tim forever before Batman begins, Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns had this stigma that they were the dark serious ones. And you look back, and they're they do they're have a, comedies. They, they have a <laughs> gothic aesthetic to them. But they they have a funny bone to them. They're but they're fun movies, and they don't forget that. And you know, Nolan's Batman's even have humor. Yeah, those films so, are very funny. You have Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman constantly yeah. quipping in that film. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're there. To be and then when you get just... overly serious, like Snyder, it can become unintentionally funny at times. Yeah. Like that's the. But even so here... I, you know, it's 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 even those films have their moments of macabre humor. Mm-hmm. So here's when it's full CG. Yeah. Why oh, is yeah, this, this bad? I don't like this. Pretty is cool. Just, this is just yeah. cool to watch. I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> because it's all one giant take for one thing. Yeah. I also, I holy also crap. Really, I also really like that. I know this is uh, full CG, but I also really like that for the the bulk of the fight. I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, Keanu Reeves and Hugo Weaving are like late 30s or maybe we, yeah. we might even be 40. And I'm mm. like, oh my, like, the amount of preparation and skill that these older dudes are like, these aren't like 20 year old weaving's, weaving's 43, 42, I guess, by the way. Wow. Oh this. my God. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty amazing. I'm 41. I couldn't do that. Reeves is <laughs> Reeves is Reeves is late thirties doing this movie. Wow. I throw up my back riding a roller coaster. And uh, <laughs> it's that time where Aaron and I recommend uh, man of Tai Chi. Uh, which is yes. the yes. martial arts uh, Keanu Reeves <laughs> movie, which is, he directed, and it's awesome, it's fantastic. It's got oh, actually, I like scenes. that movie. That it's it's a, really it kicks good. ass. Oh, I thought Brandon was good. I thought Brandon was making a joke. No, that movie rules. You won't be like, yeah, like We don't joke that's about a, Man of Tai Chi around here. That's one of that's that's one of his best tag. That's one of his best quotes. You won't be alive. That's so cool. Yeah, that movie rocks. Yeah, with Tiger Chen, like that's a that's a good one. That's love seeing that movie. Like okay, I'm tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> He's pre pre. Uh, uh, was that isn't that what Thanos later says? I am inevitable. Yes, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's it. This is so cool. Like I, like, I mean, mm-hmm. look a blade about stuff. You know, this. I I also this time going around with these movies and stuff. I also I really like the the look of like on the ship when you're on the the hovercraft ship, the Nebuchadnezzar or something. Uh-huh. They, they've got a real awesome thing going that like I almost. Like I want to be on it. I want to know what it's like to walk around it. Now that I've been on a Millennium Falcon, I need to go on something else that um, I, can, I can. 
feel. I wanted I to lo- say I love the Smith's befuddled reaction to the end of the scene. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that just happened. <laughs> I guess we're out of here. I guess I guess ultimately Everybody take five. Yes. Right. Okay, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? <laughs> Do you think part of the problem with this like stuff like it's pretty easy to follow, but people don't un- truly understand what's going on here or they don't like n- know computers enough to like see it as a living space that they don't understand? As far as where audiences are at this point, where audiences are at this point, Maybe. or like going back or not, the movie as a whole. I don't like, think audiences have, have turned on this movie as of yet. I, I don't think that. I think people are still with this movie. I meant, this with all this is done looking back at them and stuff. People not giving it another chance, not going back. Like, do you think they just like don't get that this is a computer virus taking over? This is a program. I, like, I don't. I don't think the skeleton of the plot's the problem for them. I think it's just mm-hmm. the way it's handled and the breaking. You know the you've mentioned this in your Naptown write-up of mm-hmm. Reloaded, the, the climax of this movie and how much of a character-specific thing it's going on as far as what we're being revealed as opposed to some kind of very obvious plot twist or something right. like that. I think that's that's where it really... Like, the stuff leading up to that fight, like the rave and stuff, is already like, oh, I don't even want to see these kind of things. But it is... I think it is the kind of what it ends you on. It doesn't feel as relevant, revelatory as something like you know, Darth Vader's his father. Like that's, you know, right. it's not, it's not something clean cut. It's more like, I guess Neo's dead or something. I don't know. And who's this Bane guy rage against the machine. I don't know. Like it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not as defined by those that were maybe casually watching or expecting something that's, you know, more like the first matrix. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's something, and I, or I, something record, I agree with you better than the, matrix. At the, at the end of empire strikes back. While that's obviously a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. The idea is okay. When the next movie comes out, everything will be fine. Sure. You know, with Pirates 2, obviously this, that was after this movie, but okay, when the next movie comes out, they'll find a way to bring Jack Sparrow back and everything will be fine. At the end of Mix Reloaded, you're like, I don't think anything's going to be fine. What, what's going to happen? <laughs> um, it's amazing how all three of those climax the same way, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lead, the lead character is put in some kind of coma they, or yes. supposedly dead, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's up to the rest of the heroes Guilty. to have to find a way to get them back. <laughs> and it takes the first third of the movie. They go into a weird yeah. gangster's paradise, so to speak, and yada, yada, yada. No, but Return of the Jedi absolutely set the skeleton for these kind of third movies to a shocking degree. Well, so does, I mean, so does Empire. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the mo- that's the model. <laughs> Just like the way that you know, whether you like it or not, Batman Forever really set the skeleton for a lot of superhero sequels. Um, yeah. where you have one villain that hates the hero, one villain that hates the real you know human alter ego. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's great. The Return of the Jedi ness in Revolutions is crazy because I mean, it start, you know starts with. You know, Han, got to go rescue Han. Yeah. I got to go to, you know, Jabba the Hutt, rescue Han. And then you even have Luke Skywalker's got to go see Darth Vader and leave everybody during that big battle. Yeah. But I mean, and Pirates is is doing it as well. Yeah, Pirates does does the same thing. It's so crazy. Um, And then Rise of Skywalker. They they literally go to like Chow Yun Fat the Hutt's palace (laughs) to go to find. (laughs) Right, yes. Um. This is great right here. Well, this scene right here where Morpheus gives a subtle no and they all stay out of the elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's power. That's what that's, 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 that's Denzel and Malcolm X. <laughs> I, I, I will say Trinity's outfit. I miss her jacket from the first one. This is like, I don't know, the full on suit thing. Oh, that's the other thing. Like, the, yeah, they're more tactically dressed, I guess, when it comes to leather. 
but Morpheus is like, I'm gonna go even bigger than the first movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have the even I have an even crazier coat. My glasses are even more stylish. Like it's such a like he the, whatever like Lawrence Fishburne said to them, it's like, I want my costumes to be better. Like, and they just like, all right, well, let's figure out how we do that. Yeah. I mean, Trinity looks like I mean, you can spill whatever on her, it's gonna fall right off. Like, yeah. so. I, <laughs> she's auditioning for the first season of American Horror Story. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, this, this they nail this Merovingian stuff and Persephone. I it's just great. Oh yeah, I love I love all this. And also I I also really like how um this scene in particular to what we have mostly been seeing in the movie, which a lot of it has been um, you know, the real world and Zion. I I like how um aesthetically pleasing all of this stuff is. And that's in the first movie too, the mm-hmm. notion of like the woman in the red dress uh and everything, but this is just like to the nth degree, you know, the, mm-hmm. the stained glass, the outfits, everything is just so um, posh, I guess. Well, especially for this character specifically, oh, sure. Engine, yeah. like wants everything to be like immaculate and designed to the, to the nines and uh, very symmetrical. Well, and I love that the twins, yeah. very, the twins are very like reverse, whatever the matrix was like, they're yeah. white suits. They got long, yeah, long hair. They're they're every because everybody in the Matrix, you know, the first one they were wearing black, had the shades, have clean cut, yeah, short cut. You know, the bald. twins. Is, yeah, that's it. Like that establishing shot of them already is just like this is already something that's suspect. Like I don't yeah. know what this is. It looks dangerous. These guys like, are if, awesome. They're gonna do something awesome. We just was know, there, like was there something like controversial, like some slight cut, like about like albinos or something that were like against the twins? Was that a thing that came oh, up? I don't. I don't know. I would not surprise me. I feel like that was a thing, like for a hot second. Like you could bring it back up, Aaron, because of, you don't know, go that, see Matrix uh, Resurrections. <laughs> the one from this long ago had albinos, and the Wachowskis hate albinos because I saw that's, this movie, and I'm that's sure that's what they were doing. I'm sure that's what they were doing. The Wachowskis famously not inclusive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one thing that drives them nuts. There's one thing we must hold them to that. Obviously, this is a reteaming of Keanu Reeves and um, Bram Stoker's Dracula star, uh, Monica Bellucci. Yes. Uh, is, does, she, does she have uh, our other commentary? Does she have other American roles before? I assume she does, was, baby. Well, no, this was the one to bring her over. This was supposed to be the big. This, oh, mm-hmm. there's not another like anything in between this and um, the major Tears of the Sun. I know that's around the. It's think, almost the same time. The same, almost, yeah. yeah, that's about. Yeah. But, they probably, they, but they, probably filmed, they, they probably filmed this before that, even if that movie came out first. Yeah. So. That, I mean, they, I mean, she basically has like the Numi Rapaz story, like where it's like, well, here, big in. Even then, like, here's Belushi five was, movies for you and then get out of here. You know, there, but like, we, yeah, I, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. Even that, like, Rapaz is still like new when she broke out with that. Where Belucci's been acting for a while. At this, well, like, just, well, yeah. This is all, it'll, Rapaz has had, she had some you know her swedish movie the girl with the dragon tattoo were popular over here too yeah. before she came sure um but yeah monica Bellucci was like well this, is, this would be more specific stuff because not like people weren't racing out to see irreversible or molina no. or uh, what brotherhood of the well, wolf they were <laughs> racing out of the theater when watching irreversible <laughs> so that was what they were doing and it was unusual then and it's certainly ups- you know more so now the idea of a heavily anticipated $150 million sequel to a zeitgeist defining blockbuster, having a five minute scene in which a woman is given an orgasm kick. Yes, that's true. 
again, it's, I, I think when, when, you know, without, you know, I do think all of this combined is why this film wasn't as well received as perhaps people were expecting because it was so willing to color outside the lines. We need to put an asterisk it was, about this. It was openly sexual and that made people yes. uncomfortable in America. Yes. We, we need to put an asterisk about this. It was a huge not, hit. Not as well, because it, it was a huge, it was a well-reviewed huge yes. hit of a movie. Yes. <laughs> like, the the, the quote-unquote backlash didn't start till after opening weekend. Yeah, the, the biggest right. R-rated film of all time for a yes. while. <laughs> Up until, I think, Deadpool. Yeah, dead, yeah. <laughs> um, but, and again, I love the, I like the film quite a bit, the downturn with Matrix Revolutions was a case of people not being partially a case of people not being crazy about this film. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 got great reviews. Did two two seventy nine off a hundred and thirty four million dollar four day weekend, which was I think that was a four day record off the top Gotta of my be. head. Yeah, I know the ninety one day three day was just behind Spider Man. Um, you know, Friday to Sunday. Um, it did, I think, like 742 worldwide. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, post-release chatter notwithstanding, it was a massive success. Yeah. But, you know, the post-release chatter was not positive. Or at least it wasn't as positive as one might think. If Revolutions waits to come out the next summer, do you think it does better yes. than the Fallout Man? I do. Yeah. Just do I think, you know... You know, it's been a year. People have gotten the wow wow out of their system. They've maybe watched it on DVD a second or third time. Yes. Like, you know that, what? That would be a good fact. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's not going actually. up against, you know, it's not the secondary fantasy b- b- before Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Or the, you know, we, the movie opening behind Elf. Concurrently <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> with Elf. Behind as far. Did, did Elf yeah. make more an opening weekend, though? No, not on Interested. opening weekend. Okay. Okay. Elf, uh, Elf just um, stayed but it was around. Close. Yeah. Elf just hung around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, For obvious reasons. Here's yeah, another elevator I mean, look right here because yeah. the twins going to give a, a kissy face. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, if you'll pardon a spoiler for a film that I'm sure everyone listening to this has already seen, I do like the fact that the twins were heavily marketed as these huge, defining big bads of the sequel, mm-hmm. yet they get killed off in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they don't technically get killed off. They get subdued. In Whatever. Because they're like... They're, they're, <laughs> I'm, I'm just counting on them being back in Resurrections. <laughs> there you go. That's fair. Um, I believe they dressed like this, like at the premiere too, for the boat. Like they, yeah. they didn't like dial down the look that they were going for. So Persephone got to do this kiss scene in the video game twice, as well as oh, yeah, the-, the video game is basically like what we just have Jada Pinkett and Anthony Wong hanging around the set. So when they're done with yeah. their scenes, we'll bring them in to film. There, some scenes also, there is a girl on girl kiss with Jada Pinkett and Monica Bellucci hidden in that video game. Um, it's where we find out that she still loves Morpheus. Morpheus. And then ghost, I think that's implied likes Niobe, but he's been yeah. told that it's never going to happen. It's not implied. It's directly stated that she's yeah. in love with him, but, but <laughs> yeah. they're just friends. <laughs> Lambert Wilson, by the way, who plays the Merovingian, mm-hmm. he's a re- he's just a really good actor. Like he does, like he doesn't pop it. He doesn't do anything else in America, really. He might be something, but it's pretty obscure. But like he's the Lambert we deserved. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but he's like you know he plays himself very but over the top in this movie because that's the role. But like he's a perfectly but he's deliciously well- evil. He is. It's he's so great. awesome. It's oh. great. 
It's just he's he's he can speak English perfectly normal. <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's, it's a choice that they've made. But he's such a big character and he's certainly memorable. I hope he I I think he is in the, the new yeah, one. They, yeah, yeah, I believe he was cast in it. Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Was Bellucci cast in it too? I don't know. I don't believe that didn't come up. I'll put it that way. I know Lambert okay. Wilson specifically was. I feel like I you know know if <laughs> the other one. I, I wanted to say that this scene to me always felt very you were saying before that the uh, Merovingian talking about vampires and werewolves is very much a vampire. And this whole kiss is very vampire like to me. Um, so, I mean, I guess they can both be vampires or whatever, but I like her whole speech about this notion of a feeling that she had of a, of a love that was lost and everything. And, mm-hmm. and that to me very much reminds me of like vamp- the vamp- Dracula is always searching for that. You know, um, I just really love that. You just, I, I really like all of that. And I think the next Aren't they going to go somewhere where there's literally like a werewolf movie or a vampire movie? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna find mm-hmm. characters in another room that are they're all they're, they're like they're watching brides of, the they're hammer watch- movie brides of Dracula. There yes, you go. Yeah. yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this that kiss. It, it, I, as I recall, the music it feels very much like a vampire like thing. I mean, that's the. I mean, if um, if the Merovingians Dracula. She's more like a like Tilda Swinton and only lovers left alive. She's just bored with all this. Carrie like, Ann Moss or, or Carrie Ann Moss or Monica Bellucci. Tough life for Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Must be, you know, I, I wonder if it, it it's kind of like a relaxing to be wearing shades during scenes so much. I was thinking the same you know, thing. Like, <laughs> he's, he's wearing the sunglasses all the time in all these dark locations. Her and Fishburne. And I mean, Keanu Reeves wears them a lot too. So it's, he seems like he's more willing to take them off. Yeah. <laughs> because he's Keanu Reeves. They got to put the camera on him every now and then. This whole key concept I found to be very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching this movie that the kind of like you use a key and it unlocks this, a whole new arena. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 it is the uh, the keys are the cover of the uh, the the four K, yeah, four K, yep. yeah. It's the, what is it like the White Rabbit, the keys, and one of the drones things. Yes, yeah. drone things. Yep, there's Brides of Dracula. Brides of Dracula, out of aspect, but hey, <laughs> curses! <laughs> I bet there's motion blur too. They Brandon. are villains. They are villains, so they're, they're going to do bad things. They're only computer programs that can control every aspect of their world, Brandon. Yes. <laughs> So they're doing this purposely despite you. Which is funny. They pick the one that does, you know, the one that doesn't have Dracula um, to to showcase. So I, I they, wonder deal with, if, they deal with him every day. Like well, I know, I know, but I, I feel like I feel like specifically picking that one. There's like a some sort of something that informs this movie from Brides of Dracula that I'm not picking up on right away. Perhaps. Granted, they don't defeat the Merovingian by making the shadow of a cross with a windmill um, <laughs> over him, but hey that line where she's like he's in the ladies room that's a that's a fun knowing line as far as she's <laughs> what, like, what she's pissed off about right i'm, ha- I'm halfsies helping you guys so which they apparently made up in between movies so she's all back with him in the third one so yeah. oh, no, they're just kind of those people like, still hanging oh, out what did yeah. you do persephone oh my gosh like i don't think it's that deep to them they're evil vicious programs that are going to be well, around are, for all the time so well, they also they, they know this is the what the sixth time this has happened all sorts yeah. or whatever right? so. <laughs> essentially she's messing with his fun not with his like life yeah like, this is this is a game, a game to for him mm-hmm. also i love i love that room full of keys yeah i mean i know all room. these rooms are great but yeah. i really like that 
Yeah. Uh, Randall Duck Kim, great in this movie also, yeah. um, and generally great as well. well. It's also funny, like you mentioned about him talking about his other iterations. Like when you're first watching, you don't know what the fuck he's talking about, or the heck he's talking about, and mm-hmm. it's all there. It's planted throughout. This oh movie, yeah, there's tons and of it's hits. Crazy, yeah. Um, there's a one of the first lines when when Agent Smith comes back, he says something effective, just like the last time. Well, not exactly mm-hmm. like the last time. Yeah, you know it's funny. There's the the one henchman, uh, with the kind of long hair. You mm-hmm. can't see him right now with the glasses. I thought it was that kid from um, uh, Silicon Valley that they have the house from. I I was like, well, he's way too young to be that, oh. but it looks. Yeah, he looks just with the sunglasses yeah. on. It looks it. just like him. Blah. That's such a like, what is this going to be? <laughs> when they turn yeah. into ghosts, <laughs> like, what, what does yeah. this mean? And then they go on the floor. It's like, oh, okay. And honestly, I still don't really get it. I, it's like they're just weird program anomalies. Like, that's the whole. I world. always think that the tw- yeah. yeah, I've always thought that the twins are like a weird. Um, they were agents that somehow got exiled because they because they are so on i mean that's the big agent thing right there's like they're so impossible to kill so they're like next level version of that that's what i always thought they were yeah they're like older versions. well they have an error in them that makes them even weirder like they can't fit in with the people so they will break the illusion of the matrix for those that are right right yeah. yeah uh I love the music in this scene. I believe it's yeah. like Mona Lisa Overdrive, I think is the track title. Like it's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's, it, is, it, it, it's a remix of the one of the tracks from the first movie. What's well, a um, William Gibson uh, novel? That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that's the title. Um This one was showcased in the trailer a bunch. Ridiculous and awesome. Listen to Mona Lisa's Overdrive while you're playing Mario Kart. There you I go. Love oh. this stuff going through the doors. Oh I love it. The door stuff it. is great. Oh gosh, which which somehow the the uh, who directed Underworld is it Weisman? Weisman. Weisman. Yeah. Somehow he Leonard was like, I'm going to do that for all my movies. Leonard um, Weisman. He yeah. did. He didn't do it in Die Hard. Oh okay. He did some fancy. There's some fancy car some, moves that are in the yeah, car chase. Car, but, yeah. But I meant like the doors. I know. Oh, yeah, he yeah, does yeah. it a lot in Underworld. He, yeah, Underworld. Those doors. I'd have to see them to know. But. Yeah, but no, this full this whole fight <laughs> sequence is really fun. Um, Scott, you've pointed this, and I know you guys have pointed it out a little bit too. Watching the Matrix the other day, watching that lobby scene again. You know, when you're younger, that's like one of the coolest things you've seen. Mm-hmm. I watch it now, and it's like I don't even know if that's like in the top ten of my favorite things in the in the first Matrix movie. Like no. it's yeah. a really cool sequence, but it's like yeah. there's so much other great stuff in there. Where this movie, it feels like the Wachowskis even knew, Scott, what you've commented on as far as it's just a bunch of innocent, essentially yeah. innocent people getting shot for just existing. Yes. Um, it feels like the Wachowskis caught on to the point where the fights that Neo is having here are only with these programs or Smiths. Yes, they, like they, there's, there's a conscious effort to not involve the regular citizens of the Matrix beyond the when any, you know, when it's impossible to avoid, like on the freeway. Right. Yes. No, and I, I do, you know, it's, 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 Love that shot right there, that yep. slow-mo shot. The well, I, I think that Wachowskis are like, ah, we're kind of bored with the guns now. Let's, let's well, do that. They do, they do also, give a throwback was, to it in the next film, but yeah. The which film is, again, is kind of became associated with, unfortunately, with the Columbine shootings right. a month later. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you know, Trenchcoat Mafia basically didn't exist for all intents and purposes, but the idea that a lot of people got in their hand was of, you know, Klebold and Harris dressing up like Neo from the Matrix and shooting their schoolmates. 
um, and intentional or not, you know, you did have four years between these movies. They certainly had plenty of time to see how culture did and didn't react to these pictures. Sure. Yeah. And to um, the credit of the first matrix, the movie ends with Neo being able to stop bullets. So guns yes. already don't make any sense in the world. Anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, well, and also this, this plot deals with going to the outskirts and the unknown. Exactly. They're places. Doing, yeah. And unlike, and I'll, I'll, while I am a huge fan of the, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, this one does treat it like Scott would say a Tuesday with these new places. Yeah. It's not like, ooh, look at where the Merovingian is. It's just like, you. it's up to you, the viewer, to look around um, and not the characters. Peter, as you've pointed out, the choreography is so specific. And like, there's so much work done to not just like the forward action, but like, you can see in the background, like, you know, there's a movie like this where you have a bunch of characters attacking one guy, right? In other movies, they're standing around waiting for him. In this movie, right. granted, there's not nearly as many people, but there's still like, there's reasons why not everyone's attacking him at once. The movie's very sure. conscious of that. And I, I really enjoy that a lot. I, 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 every time, right. every time and- I watch this, I focus on that a lot because it's just really cool to see like people like, okay, I'm stunned for a second or I'm pinned to a wall. Or there's a reason why they're not immediately just trying to jump him. Right, and also in that scene in particular, they get to play with a lot of verticality because yes. of the, because yeah. of the dual staircases and stuff, and so it kind of pins, it keeps pinning Neo against maybe one or two people, but mm-hmm. it works really well logistically, mm-hmm. like so that your mind isn't like, why don't they just all get on top of them or whatever? Um, yeah, what, I agree. And what now this- works in this scene beyond the visceral stunts and what have you is. It's very possible that Morpheus could die in this scene. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's like, okay, now fuck off Neo for 30 minutes. We're yeah. going to deal with the freeway. And this is like the most insane sequence of the movie. And, you, you and know, there's yeah, at least you're... one character who's in peril. We know Trinity can't die because she has to fly out the building first. Mm-hmm. And we know Neo is not going to die because it's Neo. But Morpheus could And the keymaker. The keymaker is the thing they're trying to protect. Yeah, well, they've yeah. done two movies of... Mio is Morpheus going to make it through this because yeah. he's he's the ultimate guy that you think would die for the cause, yeah, or that that's his his ultimate sacrifice is to die yeah, yeah. for what he believes in, and he never does. By the way, um, I always think the reason you know, part of the R ratedness of this movie is because of that scene where he gets his hand caught in the door and he shoots his. Oh mind. yeah, that, that's oh, the yeah, that's, that's, that's well, the Persephone gets a guy in the head, but beneath the yeah. Planet of the Apes also shot a guy in the head, and that's where he. No, this is so, by, those, this those are was, mild edits. Like that seems like a specific yeah. scene. We're like, oh, this yeah. is too much. <laughs> this is a the softest R rating of the series. I would argue. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, third, the third one goes a little bit harder because of the machines pulling. Yeah, because you have war violence. Yeah. Um. And again, I don't know whether that's intentional and uh, that's cool. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. the pop culture or whatever, but yeah, it's it's sorry, I'm watching this now. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. I like this right here when he's trying to go through the door and he closes it like shit. <laughs> that's a great like that's it's that's you know, it's not a hard trick to do, but that's mm-hmm. it's a cool filmmaking move as far as like opening a door and it's in a entire it's a fucking mountain somewhere else in the world. <laughs> Those display screens look awesome. The contrast on them is awesome on the sport cages. Yeah. <laughs> like just though with tank there or link. Sorry. Don't you don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the last we see of Neo for a while. Yeah, they are not afraid. <laughs> they are not afraid to put Neo on the bench in this and the next one. Here's the Cadillac commercial. Oh, this scene is so oh, and the, the score for this is Oh, I love this school. Dynamite. Oh, Don oh. Davis is killing it with this sequence. Awesome. Um, I don't know where this portion of it is filmed right here. I don't know if this is like Australia, but the freeway is in uh, next to Oakland in Alameda. 
uh, where my uncle lives. Um, it's off of an old naval base, which my lovely girlfriend and I have actually walked around. They built a whole mile and a half freeway. Um, that's such a great idea for how to make a customly designed car chase mm-hmm. sequence. Why don't we just build our own freeway? <laughs> like, oh boy, this is going to be a lot. This whole sequence here. I love this this tearing through town stuff that, they're, that the twins are doing. And they like they're relishing the fact that they get to like do violence. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a there's a little bit of like mild history right here where more where Trinity's like I thought you never said never go on the freeway and Morpheus is like well, yeah right the situation's a little bit dire <laughs> you're gonna have to do this. We're all watching this now in anticipation yeah. of this giant and sequence. Then, about to and then Naomi's like, up, oh, it's your turn to get suspended, just like every other movie cop. <laughs> I like how they kept the phones as far as these flip phone things that they have that look like gun cartridges ejecting. Right. <laughs> I remember that was like a big part of the ad campaign too, right? Like getting a matrix phone. Phone, matrix phone, matrix, matrix glasses. I believe the like one of the agents was like a big marketing player. Like one of the guys that plays one of the other agents. He was like in a lot of commercials. Is now we, the video game and the movie are going to cross over now. This movie plays fair also. It establishes that Niobe is in the Matrix somewhere, so she'll presumably help in some way, which she does. Mm-hmm. That's I never believe- not, like, terrifying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. At a moment's notice, like, oh, my God. And I mean, we talked about the drums and Zion. They, it feels like they brought, like, I mean, it's still Don Davis, so like they brought yeah. them back, like here for this whole sequence. Is like it's a mix of like this, like techno and the score, as well as like dr- like a drum beat that really gets you amped while watching this whole sequence. Yeah, the I mean, the over this shot with the behind the back of uh, one of the twins is like super like that was like uh, like Time Crisis and those arcade games, like uh, felt like that angle yeah. coming to life, like right here. And all this is practical. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is all like yeah. A, they really killed those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's only once we get to like Trinity on a motorcycle where it becomes a little more incorporated with CG. But like, and all this Morpheus stuff. on top of the semi gets a bit CG. No, he did that for that's something Lawrence Fishburne could do. Uh, but the um, <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of it. Oh, the jump is real. It's just some of the, oh, yeah, the traffic is, yeah. around him is. Yeah, he uh, he did that in Apocalypse, and France is like, I don't know. Kill him off. We can't have him doing that. Kill him yeah. off instead. <laughs> you know, it was funny. There was one, and I've never been able to find it again. But like one of my, when this first came out on Blu-ray, a friend of mine like randomly we were watching it and paused it, and we looked at the screen during this, and it was like the traffic looked like that PlayStation game Frogger, a Frogger PlayStation. We're like this oh. looks terrible, and we've never. <laughs> Like I've never been able to find it again or replicate it, but there was like one shot in there, and the traffic just looked like the cars were like boxes or something driving. It looked really bad, but I'm they've either fixed it or we just cannot get it to land on that any again. This Speaking fight is tense. This is no, it's insane because like, it's like like the knives are scary. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, this is like not fun to watch. Like seeing Morpheus like being threatened with a knife right now. Meanwhile, you got this going off the agents over here. It's like a claustrophobic, just, just nuts. I love watching the behind the scenes on this where they like imploded a car so they can make this effect work. 
it all looks so smooth and seamless, even though that guy looked kind of CG, but like him blending with the car looks perfect. Mm. All these other cars <laughs> knocked out everything. Like this is such epic destruction going on. Yeah, that's great. All the cars. Yeah. yeah. That one was apparently dragging a ramp behind it. Because it's real. Yeah. And this is 2003. This is the summer of car chases. This is this. Bad Boys. Bad yeah. Boys 2. And Itali- of course, Hollywood Homicide. Hollywood Homicide, uh, Italian yeah. Job. Uh, Terminator Fast, 3. Two, Terminator 3, Too Fast, Too Furious. There was and like, the, the AD of this is the guy who does Final Destination 2, right? Which is the big freeway scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, David Ellis? David, yeah, David, yeah. The, 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 yeah. David R. Ellis, the deceased yes. David R. Ellis. That just killed the mood. <laughs> that that ghost effect is still cool. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like um I wanted to say this earlier, and I, I think it works here too, but when we were watching this the big Smith um Neo scene and here too with the guy jumping on the imploded car, mm-hmm. I feel like um and Brandon can speak to practical effects way more than I can, but as a culture, I think we really love when we especially nowadays when we see movies with practical effects, obviously going back to like carpenter's the thing and a lot of times when we see movies that rely on computer generated effects there can be a feeling of like ah it just seems kind of lazy or it's all it's all kind of mushy it's it all just kind of visually is a kind of a mess you know um like a lot of mcu like action stuff but i feel like 20 you know this movie's almost 20 years old and while we are aware that these are computer generated effects there's an there's such a level of artistry uh to them that i sort of do think it's comparable to what we love with practical effects does that make sense yeah well there's yeah, well, still, they, they they haven't taken away the sense of danger which comes with practical practical effects yes. Wachowskis have a good marriage to the cgi mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of real they're only substituting a cg person in a fight if they necessitate it's inhuman to pull off right but, right so this is but, some cool Morpheus yeah, shit, that, right? Because right. <laughs> <laughs> then he has the then he follows. This up is it where he spins. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah. that's All pure, time. Yep. pure yeah, anime man, right man. there. Yep. But yeah, this stuff's like it's it's real. Like there, and when you can't tell, that's when it happens. But like the Marvel stuff has flat looking images uh, in some of their photography and just such distance CG shots that while amusing to watch the intensity level is there's too much comfort in just knowing that everybody's fine and everything. But yeah, when you, you have Wachowskis are in that league with like Cameron and even mm-hmm. Michael Bay, where they know, they know what a tool is for them. Right. They know right. what to, they know what to use this as a tool and not something to rely on. But on the other end of the thing, the speed racer, those are insanely oh. fake races, but holy yeah. crap, they have your blood pumping and they know what to do. I mean, I, I think it's just that's the, that's the skill. Yeah, where yeah. you shoot it in a way where even if it doesn't look real, because you know what you're seeing is impossible, it still feels real in terms of how we process right. film images. You know how to shoot, still yeah. shoot it. You're not. Like I'm, really, I'm always yeah. appreciative of shots where you know it's CG, but it's shot in a way like they're trying to hide the practical effects. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Yeah, if if you like, if you wanted to know like how good of a director the Wachowskis are, it's watching the final race sequence in Speed Racer. Like, there's yeah. no, like, yeah. there, there's 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 nothing like it for one thing, but it's also the perfect marriage of special effects, narrative, and emotion. Like, there's so much mm-hmm. happening, and it's because of how much talent they bring to a movie. And 
the fact that they've been able to continue to make movies is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, <laughs> but they but they have very easily proven uh, that they they know what they are doing as far as how to make a film, depending on what the film is. Like if they if they want to make a speed racer, they fucking know how to make a speed racer movie. If they want to yeah. make something crazy like in, at Cloud Atlas. They can do it. It's not gonna make any money, but it's there. Like, but, <laughs> well, to be fair, none of their movies have made much money since the Matrix films. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for it sure. Is... And that's why it's a miracle that they yeah, get yeah. to keep making movies. That's that's what the miracle is. Even something like Jupiter Ascending, the only problem there is they probably knew it wouldn't make a lot of money. So it's like, I guess we got to make all three of the movies in one movie. Yeah, like that's that's the issue. Well, <laughs> we watch that. Yeah. Is Jupiter is Jupiter Ascending the only Morchowski movie though? And actually, maybe I'm wrong. Um, while they're God, oh, this is oh, sorry. This motorcycle stuff is even through right? the coming trap. That, that is yeah. just oh, this is to to live and die in Alameda. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> while, while a lot of their bom, movies bom, 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 have not done bom, as well as the Matrix films, is Jupiter's Ascending the only one that we would say was kind of a flop? As far Speed as Racer was a huge flop. Oh, Speed Racer was hard. Speed Racer was a Cloud Atlas is a huge flop. Since uh, no. since it even got canceled, since it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, the, Ma- oh, the that Ma- was before Netflix canceled everything. No, yeah, yeah. The Matrix is their last big yeah. thing. It's, like it's, they've been they've been feeding on that for twenty years, for better or worse. Yeah, Joel yeah. Joel Silver has just been an amazing shepherd for the Wachowski. Yeah. I mean, their their next biggest success is what producing Beef for Vendetta. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's not not invasion. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, did did Cloud Atlas? I mean, was Cloud Atlas's it was paid for in terms of it was internationally produced or whatnot, and Warner Brothers mm-hmm. just distributed it here. Yeah. I believe that, and so it's like, yes, the the money not made wasn't a catastrophic loss compared to something like yes, Speed Racer or Jupiter Ascending, which were movies that were had big budgets and bombed. Yes, Cloud oh. Atlas is not a guaranteed thing, but it was an international production. It was a work of love. Like that's really what it was. <laughs> if only they hadn't released Speed Racer on the same week as Mario Kart Wii. <laughs> Did it come out the same week as Mark? Yes. <laughs> Amazingly. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, back in April 2008, people were talking about, you know, is Iron Man's opening weekend to be impacted by, you know, Grand Theft Auto 5 or whatever. I remember that. I do remember that. It's yeah. like, A, no. B, well, what does this mean for Speed Racer coming out with Mario Kart? Huh. Was it Mario Kart? Because like, Smash Brothers came out around the same time. Around the same time, yeah. Because I, I know that specifically for other reasons. I'm going to get into that but, story. <laughs> But no, Smash this Brothers came out beforehand. Yeah. What's great about this fight is it doesn't look like they're just not there. Like yeah, all right. of the all of the retro the the rotoscoping around them looks very seamless in a time where that's not always a given. No, that's that's <laughs> the amazing thing about it. I mean, there's some yes and yeah, no, but some, yeah, but for the most part, like it doesn't look like they're just. It doesn't take space. you out of it at all. Yeah. That's, you're, that's you're, the thing. You feel you're in the moment. Score kicks in right here. He brings up the sword. And good for Lawrence Fishburne, by the way. Getting this like fucking kick-ass action sequence for this movie, <laughs> yeah, right? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> the first one, he, like you know, he gets to fight Neo and he has a little Smith fight and everything. Here he gets to like have some like full-on fights by himself and showing why Morpheus is Morpheus. He does get like, to have that cool helicopter hanging off thing from the mm-hmm. first. And he's one. he's rocking this like purple suit and everything. Like I mean, <laughs> this is just cool stuff. 
Oh, this is great. Yeah. Whoa, around the edge. Even the shoes are purple. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wait a minute. We established this earlier. Naomi's right there. She's on the way. There she comes. <laughs> It's it's per, it's like a perfect oh. musical beat of her coming in and like yeah. and yeah. bringing it back like it's awesome. It works in the game too. Like you're trying to catch up to them in the mm-hmm. game, and like it cuts to that scene of him falling on the thing right in time. It's really fun. We are all Link right now in this sequence. Right, <laughs> just watching this happen. <laughs> and again, you know, not to be a broken record, but you know, when I saw this opening night, I was I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Um. Boom. I do like how it does not take away from the realities. Like they're still agents. They'll just come at you like from anywhere. <laughs> What's cool about like so you're saying you're edging your seat. What I like about this is you've completely forgotten about Neo at this point. Like Neo oh, yeah. is not in your mind. So it's like, what is going to happen now as this like truck collision takes place? Like, oh yeah, that guy can fly. And go see, right? <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we had Neo in our back pockets. Well, yeah, and the fact it goes to show that like you care about Morpheus and Trinity a lot. Like mm-hmm. they've created more than just Neo, more than just the hero, and that's tough to get those well and it says something that they give the best action sequence to, to supporting characters right. well i mean it's and it's interesting the fact that this around this time they were able to do this like you give this much of crap about them and then like pirates would start this summer and you would end up the triad there was quite yeah. look at this, oh, this ultimate bullet time that we're getting right here like, yeah Jesus. totally and you're like what's gonna and then he comes in right there that's Ooh. such a great reveal like it's so cool yeah See, that's yeah, like the, we're all linked right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> no! like the rip, the ripples on that on the two semis is the kind of computer generated artistry that it's like, like Brandon was saying, it's like we can't really do that in real life, and it's also it's really beautiful. It re- it, it really is. It's very oh, yeah. memorable, you know. For sure, yeah. And you're exactly right. It is the kind of thing you can't. Re- it's you know that that like animated movie logic. Like let's do things you can't do in the real world, and it but it completely like blends in here because of the rules of the matrix that we've established. Like it's just really awesome. Uh, neither of this or Revolutions were nominated for best visual effects. Wow. What? Uh, granted, we were at a time when we still had three nominees, but they looked at Lord of the Rings, which makes sense. Gotcha. And yeah. they looked at and they looked at Pirates of the Caribbean, which. Does it, I, ILM does an amazing job? Yep. And of course, you get your prestige pick, so you have Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. Okay. This movie got no nominations for anything, no sound nominations, no editing. The first film won what, like four Oscars? It wasn't yeah. fre- it wasn't fresh anymore? So. Editing, sound, cinema, or, uh, visual visual effects, and probably the other probably sound mixing. Now you know what the Star Wars prequels feel. <laughs> the prequels, I think, got like two nominations total or like three like visual effects and like makeup for uh, episode three if i recall i lost fx to the first matrix it, yeah it, it, it lost to matrix i had a, I had a friend at yeah. school who was pissed off that star wars lost to matrix at the academy well, I, mean, I remember that i remember that <laughs> I academy awards i was like dang the matrix is like matrix was, was cleaning up it was cleaning house like yeah it was great it was the biggest winner of the night really i mean they did it wasn't was, up for the, per, the top categories yeah. but man it took home a ton it was of it was like tide of beauty i think beauty was was actor pictured director and screenplay if i'm not mistaken i mean we take like the matrix was a flash in the pan like it 
really was something that I mean to pull the rug out from under George Lucas in one of the most hyped pictures of the year and out outdo it in terms of the conversation oh. of special effects. Um, yeah, insane. Like it kneecapped it before it even got there, and then uh, the poor Star Wars prequels. Because like, okay, Attack of the Clones is going to break opening weekend record. Oh, Spider Man, Spider Man <laughs> does. It wasn't until like Revenge of the Sith that a Star Wars film got is, to breathe without something coming oh, its way. Batman came after, so it was Batman wasn't that big of a deal comparatively, yeah. right? But yeah, it wasn't until you're right because by by summer 2005, Lord of the Rings was done, Matrix was on a was done, Harry mm-hmm. Potter's still going on, right? Harry Potter Harry was just on, about to kick a, back into gear. Yeah, it had fourth film. It, it was had, on a, it was uh, on a break. It was, it was on, on a break. down slope. It was on yeah. a break too between. Right. Yes. There was there was, there was no O three film. There was a right. O2 and an O four film. They had um, um they had the uh what the longest yard remake and uh Madagascar were its biggest mm-hmm. problem and they it was fine everybody every one of those they've all three made money I believe that was back when people went to the movies mm-hmm. um. Hmm. I didn't get to see Madagascar in theaters, but damn, Scott, we saw that movie plenty of times. Oh, God, you didn't see anything. Yeah, I saw Longest Yard in theaters, and I didn't see Madagascar in theaters. Then I watched it at home, and I was like, "This is why I didn't." I didn't watch it at home either. <laughs> Scott and I, I got like, paid to watch Madagascar again and again. I so, will say the the Thomas Wolf joke made me laugh really hard the first time. There you go. I saw Disney's The Wild in theaters <laughs> for whatever reason, starring Kiefer Sutherland as an outgoing lion. No, that's right. Uh, I, I avoided that. that one. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's a movie. I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's better than Chicken Little by default. He sings her a bit. Not a full on musical sequence, but <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland singing Here's as the a big animated lion. Speech. Yeah. This was this speech that he's giving was the bulk of the teaser, which premiered yeah. with the Attack of the Clones a year before the movie came out. So so when I saw this in the theater, I thought we were building, since we just had the highway scene, I thought we were building up to a big to-be-continued right here. I was like, this is it. I mean, I felt like they were going to just <gasps> and pull us to make us wait till the fall, and there was still more to go. Yeah. But I, uh, it felt like I'm like, oh, they are just teasing and teasing. That'd be and wild. Teasing that'd be a wild place to stop. But is that, there's Lee there That's Lee right? Yep. Yeah, there's Lee <laughs> Okay. I just felt like I mean the the build up to this was just such like I felt it was gonna be a tease to lead into. But because I mean the highway scene that you end most movies end on that. Uh-huh. Well, that's it. That, that's this just, is a film where the biggest action scene and frankly the action climax occurs at the end of the second act. Yeah, or towards the beginning of the third act, I guess. Um. Because the rest of the movie is basically plot and character and, and dialogue. Yep. This does start employing one of the things that the Wachowski have continued to do, where they have a lot of dialogue overlapping the actual forward action that's taking place. Speed Racer does this masterfully. Oh, as far yeah. as having a lot of narrative taking place that while it's being communicated to you while showing scenes of the actual thing happening. And so, yeah, agree. Other, other versions of that is just like, here's the perfect version of the heist. And they show like the theoretical version and then, it just, <laughs> and then nothing happens like that does in real life. This is like, Oh no, this is just happening in real time. Like we're watching this stuff happening right now. Like Naomi's going to go to the thing and shut down the power plant or whatever. And then I have, a, like, I have a question. Cause I'm not as fluent as you are. And is that like an anime device that gets used a lot or no, it's not an no. anime thing. It, that's just, 
Okay. It's a stylistic choice. Like Rodriguez doesn't exactly do it, but he has a thing where he kind of Ooh. shows like passing action in frames as opposed to like continued narrative. I don't know how to explain it. Like there's dissolve. He uses dissolves a lot to like to to speed up time. Um, Iobi rules, guys. I don't yeah, know her, if you know this, but Iobi <laughs> rules. Jump's awesome. Yeah. I remember people being disappointed that she wasn't in this movie more because they were built up, like, you know, it was a big deal that they cast her, but people like Jada Pinkett. And also yeah. she's, she's, you know, she's small. So I feel like you could get her on wires pretty easily and let her, let her do stuff. Do you think they had days on the set with her shooting? So is this for the game or are we doing the movie with this scene? <laughs> I mean, she came back. So clearly the Wachowskis like Jada Pinkett. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of heavy, like Morph. You're not wrong as far as this whole speech that Morpheus is getting. Like, it's yeah. very important stuff <laughs> that he's like yeah. saying. That's a fun shot with the the Matrix code in the blood. Mm-hmm. It's a a contrast there. Boom. Goodbye. Yeah, that sucks. So you know, as we're as we're heading into the big finale. Um, I, I do think, you know, we all really love this film overall, but I'm just curious, are there, are there things you, any of you like don't love? And I mean, I guess I'll go first. One thing I always not loved about this, even though I get why they're doing it is for some reason, I love bookends usually in movies. I don't really love opening this movie with the big scene, which is, you know, it's basically neon Neo's dream. I don't know why, but for some reason, I always feel like if you don't do that and then you just let this play out, it would have been more effective for me. I don't know why. For some reason, well, it's one of the few things I don't love about the opening of the movie. But anyway, the, the big reveal in this movie is that it's all happened before. So he's seeing something that's happened. That's true. And, and that's which why I it yeah. makes yes. I, I give yeah. it I get, while it's a plot device that I get tired of, like, but it works for this movie in a sense that everything has happened before. Yeah, um, it's out of future. And it's not showing you everything that happens. Like yeah, you see all, somebody some fall. Switch. Yeah, you see somebody fall, and you see something hit the car, but you don't know exactly what happened. You, you're, That's you're, true. That's it's true. implying that it's Trinity. Like it's trying to. And also, the movie. If you don't have that, there's no action in this movie for a while. You need yeah. no, 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 you're right. I, I completely <laughs> yeah. understand why it's there. I'm just saying, for some reason, I'm always never as engaged in that opening. But I was just wondering for you guys. Are there other qualities about Reloaded for some reason that you're like, ah, you know, that thing I don't really love. I don't like the ending shot. I don't like how that's done. Hmm. It's very mustache twirly, like, bum, bum, bum. Oh, it is. (laughs) I don't mind it, but it is. It's kind of of a weak shot. I I think it's because of how much I like the use of Rage Against the Machine at the end of both of these two movies that it kicks me into gear. I'm like, Oh no! And then, like, just rage is immediately in my face, where it's like, okay, like that's I go, I don't get, um, I don't get swayed by. It. But I would say, in relation to that, I do think the Bane stuff could be clearer, or like, I, I like the establishment of that. I think there's a way to do that that feels less awkward. Like, it, it's more like me appreciating it now is more because I just know this movie really well. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a there's I think there's some way to do that better. I do think, and again, it's not a, it works, it's fine, whatever. But I do think had the film ended with the ship blown up. Oh, no, no, no. The ship blown up. And Neo having passed out and then sort of stranded on the cliff. That would have been a more conventional and perhaps more crowd pleasing cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. 
but whatever, you know, whatever happened, happened. It couldn't have happened any other way. <laughs> did, did they know where they were cutting it in half um, exactly when they were shooting it? Or did that come in that, the editing room? I'm sure they do. I I'm think sure they, they're too, they're too yeah. exacting to, to yeah. not realize. I mean, yeah, movies are a process and I'm sure you, you find a lot of stuff in the editing also, but it feels, this feels like the story's too like specific for them to not like have an ending point for this. Maybe, I mean, it's possible, Scott, maybe that is like an idea they had initially or something that they wanted to, maybe just the, um, the, the way they were revealing narrative, they needed more of a, more of a line to how are we going to get out of this as opposed to just ending on nothing but drama. Well, I think from a studio point of view, if I'm giving these people $300 million to make two movies at the same time, I want to know where the first for the first one ends. I mean, the the, the sequel <laughs> it does have a uh, a mm-hmm. teaser trailer for this third movie in yes. the credits, right? <laughs> so it gave you a that was line. exciting. <laughs> it was. That's like one of the first times I like yeah. purposely stayed because I knew there was going to be something at the end of the movie. Yeah, right. just like Back to the Future Three. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I was, you know, I wasn't old, old think, enough at that point. <laughs> I think at the time I thought when the architect scene happens and he's like. You know, there are two doors and Neo must make a choice. I think the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is where the movie ends and we don't know what Neo's going to do. I think that's what I thought it was going to be. Um, but in hindsight, it's like, no, that's not right because we know he is, of course, he's going to save Trinity. So that's not really, that wouldn't have been a good cliffhanger. I like, oh, it's coming it, up. It's when the Smiths pull out yeah. all of the guns, this right here. I like this a lot. Like the, Especially because it's sad because it ends with the keymaker getting shot out like seventeen times. Uh, oh but, yeah, but that but that shot of all of the Smiths holding guns all of a sudden it's like that's creepy. That's good stuff. But actually, that's another thing, uh, Peter. As far as things I don't, I, I'm not the biggest fan of um, the architect's whole spiel. I look, that's fine. It's good. He's doing his job. He's Orson Wellsing it up. It's when Neo chooses the door. I don't think the movie makes it entirely clear that he's making a different choice. I I, I I I always like I seem to get it screwed up in my mind as far as like yeah wait, it, I'm always it, like did he make the choice that yeah, they all the, made before yeah, like, or I'm not, I'm not entirely clear because the monitor stuff is so like in your face I can't tell if it's like is he going opposite them I can't quite clarify that I can't well, swear there, the there's some lines mm-hmm. there's some lines of dialogue too that I'm like wait I think of the next one that makes it sound like he made the same choice that they always make but. Yeah, it's it feels a little wobbly as far as like what exactly happened then. Because like, I'm like, did he did he make the same choice? But the whole Smith thing makes it different this time. That's yeah, that's what I feel like. I'm not always like I now I'm clear on it because I've seen this you know a bunch. But yeah. it, watching this initially is like, so is there a difference this time around? And then I guess Revolutions tries to clear it up. But. Wait, and also when we see all these neos here, if I recall, the these are all the different neos. The architect is going to say, I, I like to count by the number of, by a certain number of time, which is actually only six, mm-hmm. but there's actually, I mean, unless that's the same version of Neo, it looks like there's like hundreds of recycles, but he's saying we only count six of them, right? There's something he's going to say it now, but it's something like that. Oh well, yeah. He's saying there's only, there's been, there's been six iterations of this. I believe that. I, I think the monitor is just the, him just using the monitors however he wants to. Well, I think it's taunting him. Like there'll be more of you after this one. Right. That so, too, yeah. for sure. And they're all just recorded things from different reactions from different things that he said. Like it doesn't necessarily mean it's not like this, the whole scene on the monitor. It's not like it's the same scene playing out millions of times. I think it's just him collecting all the 
the data of the monitors and, and using it as a tool. Right, right. Because I think later there's a monitor one where you actually see a, like a different Neo giving the finger or something. Like, you, you, have, like, you have a bunch of them, but uh, yeah. I, right. Um, but yeah, I feel like... I just, I'm just saying the, the fact that there's a lot of monitors doesn't mean that there's a lot of Neos. I think it's just him cull- culling the data that he's had from the different Neos and using them to fuck with Neo. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 also, right. it looks good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's an and it's fantastic that we can look back on the first matrix and be like, oh, that's like the architect who was look who was watching him, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the, the the scene where he's at the police station, right? Yeah. That's you can yeah, you can infer it that way. It's nice. It's kind of a it's like a retcon, basically. It's like if you want to believe that fair. Oh, right, right, like, right. No, no one's gonna say no. Like, but right. If, right. Brandon, yeah, this is the sixth version, right? Brandon, as far as like people you know, when people are turned off by this or what's like caught like clearly this scene is like a big you know that's yeah that's gonna play into but i think part but i think part of it is the fact that it's not sean connery or like some notable actor i think the fact that it's like someone that's fairly ambiguous to to a modern to a you know mainstream audience Mm -hmm. i don't think that helps i I think if if you perhaps if you had someone that was a known body like that might have helped like ease what this all is well, right now. It's how it's written too. It's a yeah. really uber pretentious, it's, it's, and, and the dense. words are just like it's yeah, yeah dense. All those and, words like huh, and and not being a familiar face, I don't think adds to that. I'm not saying this movie would. Right. I mean, I for, I don't think the movie for me would improve if you had somebody of note playing this character. But I do think that's a Donald I, Sutherland would have crushed it. Oh, Honestly, it would have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He would have yeah. crushed it. Um, but, I, but I do think that any of the space cowboys. Hey, <laughs> it's so I, funny. Like I actually, man, like the architect. I'm not saying you guys aren't saying this, but I this the architect's one of this scene is one of my favorite scenes. In oh, it's great. Oh, yeah, it's I love this sequence. It's a good scene. Um, but it's funny because when you guys are saying this, I keep thinking of Will Ferrell. You know, right. Yes, Wait, wait, wait. Was it the MTV Award? It was yes, the MTV, it was. Movie, the MTV yeah. movie Award. Him yeah. And it's Connelly hilarious. Yeah. Like, I love it. Um, so it's wait, Sean so William Scott about this? and, um, and wait, Aaron, Timberlake, right? Yeah. Oh, right, right. Do we know anything about this particular actor, though, Aaron? He, I mean, he... He got called Colonel Sanders a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, helmet bata- helmet b- Bacitis. Uh, I believe he is a... Gesundheit. Uh, Thank you. He's a Europe. He's a German actor, I believe. Um, you know, it's not a. He's been in stuff, but not like is he? He's, he's, is he's he still a, alive? Um, yes, he's seventy. Can we put him in a movie with Dieter Laser? If you got names like that, <laughs> they've got to be together. <laughs> Wait, how old is he? He's seventy-seven. I mean, there's. Okay. there's he not, looks that here. <laughs> he uh, he's an Australian. He's. Is, I mean, he's from Germany, but it seems like he does a lot of. I mean, he's part of the Australian team that worked on this movie. It seems so um, shocking. People didn't cast him in other things, right? I mean, he's got a great voice. I imagine he's huge on the circuit. Yeah. <laughs> like he gives those, <laughs> gives those autographs. Yeah. But I, no, he, I think he's a theater guy. I think that's the thing. Mm. You know, does a lot of theater stuff. And I think part of this probably, reason probably is, probably it, teaches too. I would be surprised if he's like an acting teacher. It's. They film it as interestingly as they can, but it's a guy sitting in a chair talking to a guy standing, and neither of them flinch, move, or anything. They're just straight up talking. I'm sure the actor. I'm sure he loved that he at least had the pen as a prop. Right. They're very straight there. Just like Neo could be the monitors. I mean, the monitors help. Monitors, but yeah, Neo could be like 
you know, pacing while they talk or something, but they're not. He's stiff there. Like it's a choice. Also we're, it's we're a choice. Cross, yeah. Also, we're cross cutting with um with the, the Trinity. Yeah, the yeah, Trinity. So yeah. It's yeah. fine. You know, but right here, this this is you know, this is black hat, white hat. This is yeah. just two people. It's a, off it is ideologies. a lot to get across. You got to admit that it is oh, a for sure. lot that's got to. And I oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I like what they're saying. I like the idea. I like, I think it's the perfect thing to hit right here. And I mean, I have to say, I had, I did have to, like, I was a person yeah, who was kind of like, huh, it take, on it. It, and it, it and, takes a bit. <laughs> and it takes a minute. Like, you leave the movie, you were wowed by this amazing action sequence. There's so much great stuff. And I think most people left the movie with, like, what was that with the guy? And, <laughs> I mean, and, this is unreal. It erased, like, everything. Cause I think people, I think people, majority of people went and saw this movie were thrilled up to this. And then this is the point where they forgot how much fun they had and they forgot what a great thing they saw and they judged it solely on, I'm not so sure I understand what just happened. Yeah, it's your ending beat. You're you're, you're leaving people with this stuff as opposed to the freeway chase that just occurred. I will say... Um, the guy, uh, I remember what's the cinema score on this thing. <laughs> Let me look, you go, Peter. Sorry. I remember, uh, the guy I saw this with, um, well, back in, uh, 2003, he was a little older than me. B plus B plus cinema score. What he, he, re- and I actually have never seen this show. What he really liked about the architect is it reminded him of the prisoner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. kind of like, it's, you know, here's this illusion in this super smart person who is like telling you. And that's, he really dug that. But you're right. Yeah. That's not necessarily a 15 year old's perspective on the scene. Well, so. and, and, and like, yeah, that's, uh, you go to the source. And when the prisoner in that series, when he gets, it's not, people were divisive about how that ends too. And it's actually kind of brilliant. Oh, it's, it's abstract and not what you're expecting, which is the best part of it. And you can make reads on what it meant. Um, just like, this whole thing you can pull from though this is very matter of fact as much as they paint the language to confuse people to sound really smart but it's pretty simple um and also it's it's very downbeat i mean this film ends on like two or three or if not you know after the car chase the movie is basically all downhill in terms of defeat after defeat after defeat more or less because we thought um, we were they were getting somewhere and they weren't. Yeah, yeah. The only person who succeeds in this movie is Smith. He gets yeah. stronger. He conquers more. He's he knows everything and is um, okay with what is happening. So, so this, no, go ahead. He, he chooses left, which is to Trinity to save her, yep. and Zion will be destroyed. Is that not what the other five have done? Did they all go to Zion to re? I guess they did, right? Because they rebuilt Zion. And uh, and we're replaced into the matrix. So so this so this neo is different. And he even says yes. at the beginning, right, that you're you're quicker than the others. Like right. There's, some, there's something about this time. Right. There's something about this neo that is different from the other neos. And right. whether maybe that's because the Smith thing, maybe that's a factor. I guess, like given that that maybe like change change the timeline. I guess is the idea. Yeah. Because oh wait! In the other one, they I would, love this shot right here, by the way, because it's it's a little ambiguous, and they're like, "Oh, it's a bomb going off!" Like that's such yeah. a cool, like little, <laughs> little little bit right there. So, like the the other one, they go, he would give up Trinity, but the people of Zion would not be killed; they'd just be reinserted into the Matrix. So that's my next question: How does this reinsertion thing go? The idea is that we. How would you know if they did it? That's the, the thing. The <laughs> idea is like like what Zion. 
we handpick people we just insert them back into what like was there just like an empty oh, scion that we so put people in what they do is they yeah they would they would take the the zion people they would what kill them or put them back in the matrix and take 13 and 13 new ones and put them in and create a zion out of it and hence therefore they would think that somebody saved them and another would come the one and then at some point the anomaly neo would show up and they go do this again what happens with the but the like the population of people yeah like the, the non-people that people don't have like holes all in them Right. And that's what they're just are they just there? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's the um the thing that this new one could explore is when there's another coming of a Neo. Uh-huh. Um, I get well, to me what I think would be would be interesting is that when this movie came out, what we think of as people who were, you know, conspiracy theorists or do not believe that the world is the way they are, very small population. And that's why it would be red pills that start Zion. People that do not, isn't Smith that says people who do not accept the reality or whatever. Uh But in the world we live in now, you know, if we were to, you know, somewhat judge social, see social media, people can be, a lot of people very much have differing views on what they think the world is. So in a weird way, I actually think it might be crazier if in the new movie, most people do never believe the matrix anymore. Like well, that's I, what I, I would kind of think they would be going for. Maybe. Well, I'm curious if it was like announced to the population and they're, they're just left to take it how they want to, whether they believe it or not. Right, I feel like that's right. what we're, tra- I think like that's part of what we're exploring in the, in this new, that's I, can, I can see that. Yeah. The, yeah, the, re- the resolution yeah. of this trilogy is that they get the choice. They have the choice. Right. Yeah. They'll, they'll be, they're freed and they can do what they wish. Uh, by the way, as far as things that both, I, I'm not the biggest fan of and make no goddamn sense to me is this whole thing where he pulls the bullet out of her because mm-hmm. I'm like, of course they can only show it in Matrix Vision because I don't know what that's supposed to look like in reality. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's all a program and you see it as, as Neo. You see it as a, yeah, because it, it would look, I assume, absolutely goofy if you just, like, whatever he's doing right now, I don't know what this is. <laughs> but he's, it's, he's shocking her heart it's back. So it, Aaron. But it's, it's, it's shown it, this way on purpose. <laughs> so <laughs> It's neater. Um, yeah, if she can believe in the Matrix, then she, her body's going to come to life here. I get, yeah, it's just, I, I get what's happening in the scene. I know you know I get that. It's just it's the way it's depicted. It's just humorous to me. It's like, yeah, there's there's nothing else we can do here. So we have to really rely on the emotion of the actors and Matrix vision to get across what's happening. Well, in the next one, Aaron, um, there's a part where he loses his vision and Bane is Bane is there, and he swings something at him, but they don't show it. They show a fiery looking thing that Neo's seeing, and the head disappears. But that stuff actually I, looks really that looks really cool. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same idea. I yeah, I get that. It just, it's just yeah. <laughs> the logic of it here feels less clear to me than the logic of it in that sequence. <laughs> Here's where Nick Neo uh, breaks everybody's hearts. This is a great Morpheus scene, actually, too, when we get to the all, you know, he's his world is being rocked right now. And yeah. then we're going to get to a ship being blown up. It's like the, the people that suffer the most loss. It's Morpheus. I do always I, I always think that's to me, that's very um, efficient storytelling versus reality. When he's like, I was told in 24 hours this is going to happen. Who told you that? 
if he's me, I'd be like, there's this guy called the architect. And let me tell you about him. Like, <laughs> but it's like narratively, like it, he, he just says, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, oh yeah, it doesn't, I mean, really you just have to believe him. But yeah, I would be like, oh my God, there were all these monitors. And well, I love it. You know, the yin and yang between the architect and the Oracle, like she's all flimsy about weird things she says. And he's just like, here's everything. Right? It's, a, it's, right. it's a real Dharma and Greg situation, guys. Yes. <laughs> I like that Neo like has casually learned a lot of stuff about what's going on. <laughs> he's communicating these things. It's a bomb. Like, like we can get out of here. Guys. Jack Nicholson is the architect. <laughs> Wait, are we right? Am I right that in the first one, he's like, you think it's the year 199, but it's 1999, but it's really is 29 closer to 2199, which is 21. off, which is, which is off too. That's what they're only made to think by the, by the, the machine city. That's what we find out here is like, it's, it's got to be much further if they had six yeah. versions of these entire civilizations. Oh, that's built. true. Yeah. <laughs> it's way beyond that. Yeah. Right, right there with, with Lawrence Fishburne. The look in his face is very sad. Like this, yeah. him, just everything dream crashing dream. in front of him. And the idea that the, the, the major, cause you get it from the, um, the, the second rent was it the second renaissance is that what it's called second yeah yeah so like they learn how to produce humans so when they have production lines when you're making things you know when you're making these new humans or what you're going to make multiple morpheuses there's going to be multiple trinities there's going to be you know because that's a line of production with that they're not humans reproducing they're mechanically making humans so which is an incredible twist we're not emphasizing that mm-hmm. enough like yeah, yeah, yeah like that's a that's a huge step to take as far as a sequel goes like it's mm-hmm. not just like oh the thing you thought was wrong it's we've manufactured this same situation over and over again you are part mm-hmm. of a line of people <laughs> we're trying to we are trying to flush you out and you keep appearing that's the problem that's the one thing wrong you're the one thing wrong with our perfect scheme mm-hmm. and we can't like, figure again, it out for people that gravitated to the he's you know you're the special messaging of the first matrix it was very defeatist yeah you're the sixth special yeah and, <laughs> and, and also, you're not good i i i, th- I might have i think i feel like i might have said this on a, another podcast but like i really think that they were in my that i know of in the 2000s they were pretty ahead with that idea because we would see it on Lost and Battlestar Galactica and so much other sci-fi in the 2000s. This notion of like everything repeats, everything is a cycle. Like, and I feel like this is the first one where I where I was really blown away. I was like, oh my god, it's it's been happening over and over again. Um, at least in this generation, I guess. Well, and it's all this notion that people turn like I think people were more. I don't think people were unhappy with the notion that Neo wasn't just this one, but you know, bring it out today. Oh my God, he's not this chosen. Like there's all this stuff like that's, I don't know where people get upset with a chosen one having maybe not being as special as chosen or whatever. I mean, there's just, you know, there's a certain sect that, you know, the red pills and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, certain uh, kinds of geeky dudes, uh, you know, those, uh, there are people that are upset with this specifically for like those reasons that it's not, you know, the person it, that the person that looks like them isn't the the guy they think they were. Yeah. I think it's cool. Like it's like really like what what oh man what were these other ones like? Where did it go? Like because obviously the situation becomes the same, but like it's always the same, but it's probably different. Like I don't know. I'm surprised. Like 
someone didn't try to, I guess if it was bigger, more successful, uh, well-received series that, you know, you try to make a prequel where it's the one before him or the original Neo or something like that. Try to pull that off, but. See, I, I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs> I know, that musical I know, sting is I know it ridiculous. Just, it's, it's not the best musical sting, but I just, it's that cut to a rage song just works for me. It just, it just gets <laughs> me going. <laughs> and, spe- and specifically, this one, specifically like uh, uh, Calm Like a Bomb. Like, it's such a good, like, why didn't they end the third one with the rage song? If either, you want to talk like... about the things that were the most disappointing to me about the Matrix trilogy as a whole, it's the fact that the third movie does not end with a rage <laughs> against the machine song. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, I was fine with the movie. I was like, okay, we got the cool. But I was like, not a rage song. <laughs> we just get score. And it's the score that it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, not a rain song right now i'm all like in my mind leading up to that point like which song are they gonna use sleep now in the fire i don't know (laughs) 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 gorilla radio exactly anything right it's like it's just the score which is good i mean it's a good score don davis is killing it but i mean it's still yeah this movie is shorter than i always remember it is it's 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 duel of the fates point oh it, it's yeah. a you know it's a solid 126 minutes. Yeah, but the credits are like 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's why we always it includes a tra- it includes a trailer. Yeah, so I always yeah. think that the movie's longer than it is. Like, oh, this movie like pretty much ends at a two hour is mark. The, <laughs> is the trailer right after this? After is the that the very end? Oh, it's the very end. You have to oh. hear every you. And I like the soundtrack is neat here because like none of the most of the songs on the soundtrack are not in the movie, so it like it makes a collage of them in the in the credits. Mm-hmm. So you get like the Lincoln Park song. You get the new Marilyn Manson song you get the the new Rob Zombie song you get the Dave the uh, remix your your, your the, boy uh, the Dave terrible Mac- it's Dave a terrible Matthews remix <laughs> you get like samples of all of them as if mm-hmm. it's like buy the soundtrack guys like, <laughs> <laughs> and order you, tickets for the next one now did you did you enjoy that clip <laughs> you're the we're, this is the tower records listening station yeah <laughs> Grant Hill, not the basketball player Grant Hill, by the way, folks. Just, uh, James Boutique, yes, the ninja assassin James Boutique. Yep. <laughs> we have Dane Davis on sound and Don Davis on uh, on score. Yeah, 2003. And they wouldn't have a movie till 2008, right? There's nothing between Revolution, uh, Revolutions and Speed Racer. Uh, did they kind of ghost direct? They v ghost direct. They, well, they were, they were, producers. they hired a buddy. They're, well, they yeah. it's James. It's McTeague. It's ninja. McTeague, yeah. It they um they they wrote they wrote the screenplay for it and mm-hmm. they produced like they're yes they were they were shepherds on it. So, like they were. I, I don't think it wasn't ghost directed because it like but it was it was a it was a pet project of theirs. They shepherded. Yeah. Um, and then um, they got roped into the invasion, <laughs> um, the um the Nicole Kidman Daniel Craig invasion movie, invasion of the Body Snatchers movie. Um, because what's his name? All Oliver Hershenberg, the director of Downfall, uh, mm-hmm. was not was not delivering uh for them. So they brought in the Wachowskis to like redo like half of the movie or something like that. Um, and then I think they were just involved in stuff. I mean, this it's oh three to oh eight. Yeah. So I mean it's not like that long of a period. But so yeah, V from Vendetta is like the thing that took up the most of their attention before getting to their next movie. They wrote assassins. Yeah, <laughs> they wrote they wrote assassins for that was another like Joel Sil- like they had an mm-hmm. idea and they got it to Joel Silver and that was that was it was that and you know that's part of the thing with Bound for them to like get the chance to do the Matrix like okay, okay. Cool. 
we'll write a studio movie and we'll make our own movie to show that we can direct shit and uh, then we can make our big movie. Just want people to know at home, uh, you're not watching, but Peter Paris does not respect people who worked on the movie. He, uh, <laughs> he, he out gets the room. a He leaves. <laughs> but yeah, Via Frame Vendetta, that's 05. The Invasion's 06. And Speed Invasion. Racers, uh, Speed Racers 08. I mean, yeah, it's not the hugest gap. Yeah. As far as there's doom, doom, doom. I mean, but, I mean doing these movies, like, probably is like, I am taking a break. Well, like, there's also <laughs> the whole, the, the thing we didn't talk about, but the Wachowski's got a pretty crazy deal where they were basically just left alone, right? They didn't have to do any press for this thing. That was part of right. the deal for this movie. They didn't do any press for it. They they got to just be on their own. I don't know nearly enough about them, nor do I feel qualified to say, like, what their emotional state of mind is or what have you as far as the things they're going through, because obviously they've, you know, it took, what, till 2011, 12, when they started you know, coming out as trans and transitioning and doing all the things mm-hmm. they're doing. Um, but I mean, what, you know, what, whatever was going on with them at that point, as far as them being, you know, camera shy or whatnot, because like on the yeah. first matrix, they're pretty out there, right? They're, yeah. they're doing, they're, they're on commentaries or in the behind the, that the matrix revisited documentary. They put that out there. Even like the game, the path of Neo, they're mm-hmm. pretty involved in it. Um, um. <laughs> I remember, you know, V for Vendetta was supposed to come out in November 2005 for, you know, yeah. remember, but I remember it got delayed to, to got like a big March delay. 2006. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't quite as catchy, but okay. And it did fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but it's not like the world was like, oh my God, we love Guy yeah. Fox Day. We can't wait yeah. for this specific it happened November after date. The movie. <laughs> it happened after the movie came out. That was yeah. the... Um. But obviously, yes, the intention was to release the yeah. Guy Fox Day movie on Guy Fox Day. Like, I, I get that. It didn't quite work, but oh well. Um, there are still five more minutes of credits. Right? <laughs> you want to cheat and skip to the teaser? No. We, okay. we, will res- we respect the movie, unlike Peter Paris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had to feed my cats. Uh, it's, well, oh, yeah, they really would have died. <laughs> it's not it's not well it's not really five minutes because it's probably two minutes of trailer right so, th- so three minutes no, it's only about a 30 second trailer yeah. give or take it's like a, yeah, oh it's like a, so it's, it's not like a, a, two, a minute it's, it's not super long yeah, it's like nine yeah. seconds maybe at most and then there was another trailer at the end of the video game is it the which same? Was, i think it's the same trailer no it was a different one if i recall oh, okay all right which was pretty spoiler free and then you have the theatrical trailer which came out like maybe two months before the movie which gave away the whole freaking movie um, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't too put off by that for whatever reason, but I do remember like it does short of telling you how Neo gets out of his state. Yeah, it's pretty much like it all comes down to this fucking fight. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, it basically, that's the movie. <laughs> I mean, the, the opening of the trailer is Neo making the bargain with the machines. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, yes. You, yeah, you I, remember, I remember that. Trailer. Us up, I'll take care of Smith. That's it. I mean, if you're going to if you're selling the next Matrix, like. That's yeah. a cool way to sell it. It's like, yeah, he was just in a machine somewhere talking to a bunch of robots. Like, all right, that why, why would this not be what I expect from this yeah. movie? Um, but I, I, you know, I, I was certainly very surprised, and frankly, I think it represented a certain fear on Warner's part that there would be a backlash mm. after the second one. So they're like, okay, we're giving you a bit more of what you can expect this time out, you know, for better or worse. That's neither criticism nor compliment. Um, 
Scott, yeah, remind just... me, what were the domestics for these three movies? Uh, the first one made 171 from a 38-ish five-day opening. The second one made 279, I believe, from 134 four-day opening. And the third one made 130, I want to say 134 million, I think, from a or 137 million from a 48 or from a uh I think it was like an 84 million dollar five-day opening. It was only like 48 million over Friday, Sunday to 24 on the first day. Uh, that's, that's what I remember. It was like a lower, yeah, it was very prevalent. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, huh? So, I mean, because Revol- so that means so Revolutions and Rise of Skywalker made less, but in a lot of cases, isn't the third one make more than the second? It's like 50 Jedi, it Jedi depends. made more. Jedi de- made more, right? It, de- it depends. That yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes oh, you I don't know franchise. if Spider-Man 3 did. I don't know how what Spider-Man 3 Spider-Man 3 made globally, a lot of Globally, it made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, Spider-Man was domestically 404, 373, 336, but worldwide it was 821, 784, 890. Huh, okay. Um, reload is the Rob Zombie song. It's like it goes, reload, and it's like, <laughs> that's a Rob Zombie song? <laughs> Here we go. We're getting to the end. You always know when the songs come up, you're towards the end. You know why part of it's so, well, part of it's so long is because it's because it's both CG and practical effects. Right? So there's a lot of people to crack. Mm, it's true. <laughs> All these people got motorcycles from Keanu Reeves. Okay, so it's two sixteen coming soon. So two and this movie's two eighteen. So yeah, it's like a ninety second trailer. Here's the tagline. There's, there's some long, long logos at the end too. Everything that is beginning has an end. That was the tagline for the whole movie. Like all the reloaded posters were white, right? So the the revolutions ones were all like black and green. The the poster was like the DVD cover was like lazy. It was like here one, two, three, four. Yeah, not the the most exciting. That is like like, the idea of teasing this giant battle is just him and Smith and like a Mm -hmm. bunch of Smiths everywhere. (laughs) Like, what's this gonna be? You know what they don't show? All the people of Zion fighting that takes 40 minutes of this movie? Probably because the effects aren't finished yet. <laughs> like, this stuff is off where you can show this. Yeah, you get, like, some brief teases of the Sentinels. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. there's a little. Yeah. You, get, you get a mech there and you, you get some yeah. Sentinels, but, like, yeah, you get some of it. Yeah. Okay. They're showing that Seraph's going to be more involved, which is cool. That's fun. Oh, that's a great shot, too. The Smith at the end, right there, where he just comes to the, the window. Seraph sands the Oracle. Bam, I love that. So, 217. So, it's like, yeah, it's like a 60 second trail. Coming soon to theaters. We should, really, we should watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, looks pretty exciting, guys. I don't know. I wonder if I'm going to listen to our commentary of it since we did it like 10 years ago. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's probably great, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> you squeeze in the Animatrix to make it a hat trick? I already watched the Animatrix. <laughs> I watched the cutscenes from the video game, too. I, I watched the cutscenes because I just haven't seen them. I was curious. I remember it. 45 minutes of footage. Where did you watch the Animatrix? We, ha- the Animatrix? we have it. Yeah. 
It's not on the 4K. <laughs> it's not on the 4K disc. It came with the Blu-ray release, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I it was one of those Snapcase DVDs too. Yeah, I, I had the I had the DVD because I was like, I need to get this. And then mm-hmm. when the Ultimate Matrix set came out, I got that, and then it had the yep. Blu-ray version of it. I feel like the video game scenes should be included as a bonus feature too. But... I believe they were on the on one of those sets. Were they? I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I'm really impressed how much you guys remember Enter the Matrix. Like. I I played it too, but man, I, didn't. I didn't. I watched the cutscenes today, Peter. <laughs> oh, I didn't remember. Jeff. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, 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 not only did I not only did I play the game, they had a mode where you could like hack. You could like do matrix hacking, and there was a way where you can do multiplayer in it if you hacked the right way. So you could do two. Mm. You could do it. You could do two player in Enter the Matrix, and just it was just like a basic fighting, you know, Street Fighter kind of construction, but it was still neat. But no, I, I mean, it's a movie game, and it, it's in that period where movie games aren't great, but. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, it has I a, thought it the has bullet a, time and shooting stuff was fun. Yeah, it, it has, it has the X Men Origins Wolverine. It has a skin of the thing that I like on top of it. Therefore, I'm going to enjoy it kind of like regardless of the clear flaws in the mm-hmm. game mechanics and everything. It was like, oh, it's Matrix. Why not? But uh, yeah, I, I remember pretty well just because I played it a bunch because I'm like, yeah, I'm in the Matrix. And like Max Payne had just come bullet out. Time. <laughs> bullet time. Bullet uh, time. Any. Any other thoughts on all of this as we wrap up our Matrix coverage here? This movie is still terrific. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's still great. Um, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, we are like a couple weeks out from the Matrix Resurrections. And so I, I think we're all looking forward to seeing how that's going to turn out. But that's uh, going to do it for this. Uh, yeah. This uh, this commentary track. So let's go over where people can find more of your guys' work online. Uh, I'll start with Peter. Peter, where are you online? Uh, I am writing for whysoblue.com and I do have a YouTube channel, Jamo, but I, I have, I, I'm nowhere near as uh, prolific as the Brandon Peters show. Um, so I, I do want to get back to that. But yes, I write theatrical reviews for Why So Blue, and I'm sure I'll, I'm hope to review the new Matrix movie. Scott Mendelson. Uh, Forbes.com. Please Google some variation of Scott Mendelson, Forbes, the ticket booths. Uh, I do have a Twitter account at Scott Mendelson and yeah, I have a Facebook that's mostly for family photos and other things of that nature. Brandon Peters, uh, the Brandon Peters show, the Brandon Peters show.com. Um, on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon four K UHD got some holiday flavor coming up for you. And of course my written work at wise You can find everything I do on my personal blog, the code uh, everything I do ends up over there, but I'm also writing for We Live, Inter- we Live Entertainment and Why So Blue. I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. All the episodes of our podcast can be found everywhere you find podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and all that. Uh, thank you, Brandon, Scott, and Peter for joining me for this Matrix-related commentary track. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having, having me on, yeah. For sure. This is as fun as always. Uh, next month, <laughs> of course, uh, as, uh, as, as uh, predicated by Scott, we are going to be talking Kiss Me Deadly uh, for uh, for for Jan Warner, Jan Warner. <laughs> I am calling it, and we're doing it. We're do <laughs> I we do a scream movie. We're not doing Jane, Silent Bob, Meet Gail, Gail Weather. Yeah, why wouldn't you do Scream? We could do Scream, but I really <laughs> want to do Kiss Me Deadly. <laughs> Christ. Expect the unexpected. We will see because Scream is, does sound like a fun thing to do. Actually, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. And one we day we'll do. Also, I'll, I'll say this: twenty twenty two, we're going to have a Kiss Me Deadly commentary track at some point. Are we going to finally do my fellow Americans too? <laughs> what? Well, it's it's it's, cel- it's celebrating its 
20, 20 I don't care. I don't care. Oh, it opened the same weekend as Scream. It did. It was a it was a Christmas. That was movie. a bitch and tw- <laughs> double feature for double me. Double feature night. All right. Really, well, I, I saw Scream and my fellow Americans on that Saturday afternoon. Well, we, I have a meeting to start our James Garner series, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but that Maverick, is gonna, Maverick. That is going to do it for this. You went uh, this, right there. Wow. <laughs> right. That is going to do it for this commentary track. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.